Welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad. If this is your first time listening to First Time Podcast, welcome and thank you for listening. The show is really, really simple. Either me or one of my 12 guests today, um, in this case, all of us are going to talk about something we watch for the first time. And I have a full room today. Um, I have lots of friends here who I think all are big fans of the Halloween franchise. Um, if you clicked on the show, you already know what it's about. Everybody's already done their podcast on it, so I'm late to the game. I'm trying to decide if I should release this on Halloween because it's a Sunday or if I should do it on November 1st because technically, just like Halloween 2, this movie takes place on November 1st because at some point it turned midnight and switched over to November 1st, right? Oh, yeah. So um, today I have Andy, Jason, and Mike from Attack of the Killer podcast and my friend Blake Housworth and, of course, my wife Nikki. Um, so welcome all of you to the show. I wanted to talk about this movie in greater length than what I would get to on Attack of the Killer podcast in our What We Watch segment, and uh, I could not wait for us to get to it. Um, I was very excited, and after a year-long delay on this movie, we finally finally got to see it. So um, without further ado, we're going to talk about Halloween Kills. It's over. We can't hurt anyone ever again. No one told you. Told me what? Somebody in there? Michael Myers is alive. Stop! You had a knife in your stomach. You and Allison should not have to keep running. Evil dies tonight. I'm not just gonna sit and watch another innocent person die. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. What do we do? We fight. Let's hunt him down. Michael Myers is flesh and blood. But a man couldn't have survived that fire. The more he kills, the more he transcends. Run! Go home now! He's the essence of evil. Okay. 
Okay, Halloween Kills, released in theaters and on Peacock October 15th of this year. Written by David Gordon Green, Dana McBride, and Scott Teams. Directed by David Gordon Green. Um, Director of photography, Michael Simmons. Music by John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies. Uh, Starring Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Stroh, Judy Greer as Karen, Andy Matichak as Allison, James Prude Courtney, James Jude Courtney and Nick Castle as the shape, uh, Will Patton as Officer Hawkins, Dylan Arnold as Cameron Elam, Robert Longstreet as Lonnie Elam, Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy Doyle, Cy- Charles Cyphers as Lee Brackett, Kyle Richards as Little Lindsay Wallace, Nancy Stevens as Marion Chambers, and of course, last but not least, Scott MacArthur as Big John and Michael McDonald as Little John. So it's no secret that my love for film started with John Carpenter's Halloween when I first saw that back in maybe middle school or high school. Sort of changed the game for me. Um, My friendship with Blake started with a mutual love for John Carpenter's Halloween. Then um, when I started dating Nikki, she actually liked the Halloween franchise before. That's how we started talking because we were making small talk and it's like... Like, so what are you into? And you're like, horror movies. I'm like, oh, I love Halloween. You're like, oh, what? <laughs> Great impersonation of me. Yeah. Spot on. Spot on. Um, so I guess, um, Mike, what I, I'm going to just go around. Mike, what was sort of your history with the Halloween franchise? Like, what was your first, the first Halloween film you saw? And maybe um, a little bit of like your impression of that series. Um, trying to remember what the first one was. I, I want to say I started with the original Halloween, um, it, but it would definitely, it was either that one or Halloween 2, and it, that probably comes into play on why I love Halloween 2 so much. <clears throat> this is that it was during that time, that Halloween season, back in the day when television played horror movies during Halloween season, and uh, I think it was uh, WGN had a week-long horror movie marathon, and Halloween and Halloween 2 were part of that marathon. During the time when I was transcending from being scared of everything to being a horror movie freak. So uh, I, I can say that it, the first two Halloweens definitely played into molding me into the horror fan that I am. Okay, what about you, Jason? I can't remember exactly which ones I saw first. I know that um, I remember 1 and 2, but I, I think I... I feel like my memory is stronger on 4 and 5. I really, really, really got into 4 and 5 a lot, and I love them both uh, a, a lot. And I, when growing up, I think that uh, Michael was my favorite uh, slasher killer monster, and I even, I've never admitted this publicly, but there's legends of uh, this person that... Uh, put on a Michael Myers mask in, in watch here where we grew up and just spent one Halloween just fucking terrorizing everyone in town. Just just walking around and, and not saying anything was you know all you had to do. But people c- couldn't handle it and this was a long time ago. But I, I so I've always loved Michael and was one of my favorites and um I, I love him. We currently have a local yeah. Michael Myers here in town who's made the newspaper and People are like getting pictures of them and stuff. He's sort of a local celebrity, which is sort uh-huh. of cool. Yeah, I was That's gonna say, awesome. Jason, you were doing that long before all of these, oh, you know, TikTokers and stuff. To, oh wait, some that guy in Watch Here was doing it long before all <laughs> of those guys back in the '90s. He used to do that. Yep. Okay, Andy, your history with Halloween. Oh, that little boy from Lampkin Lane. Um, 
I'm gonna have to say that it took me. I was a little late to the game, um, seeing um, one and two. Um, it's probably I probably saw four first, if I remember correctly, because I was just like, at first. Let's be honest. I mean, the the thing that really draws you in, in at the beginning uh, is is the music for me, and it just as, as like even as like a eight nine year old kid, I'm I'm freaked out, and I haven't even I haven't even all I'm seeing is like a pumpkin, or like you know, you know, what wheat or whatever, just on on the you know in the fields there. And I'm I'm already freaked out because the the music right away is just scaring the shit out of me because um, it's it's just so off putting. But uh, and then I just I remember as like eight years old and I'm just like I see poor you know Kathleen Kinmont you know just get impaled with a goddamn twelve gauge. I was just like hell he didn't even shoot her. <laughs> I mean, like that's that defeats the purpose of the gun. I'm just like how goddamn strong is this guy? Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely uh, probably part part four, you know, because me and my my best friend growing up, uh, he was actually allowed to watch the damn things, you know, because I mean, I I never got to watch anything unless uh, you know I was able to like you know s- sneak a viewing here and there because you know now I I love mov- horror movies about as much as my parents hate them, but uh. <laughs> uh is it was it was definitely four and then as you know as i got older and then in in college in my later years and then finally just one night i just turned all the lights off and i watched the original halloween and i just and i really really truly watched it you know because i was alone and i was just like i was actually still kind of scared even even in my later years just by you know Dean Cundy's, you know, cinematography and just how he wor- how he worked with shadows and the mask and stuff like that. But uh, and I was just completely blown away just by how brilliant it was. Because as I matured as a viewer and not you know a, just an impressionable nine year old kid where I'm just looking for gore and all this stuff, uh, I was blown away by the first movie. So long winded answer four, and then I love number one. I. Uh... I can relate to that too. My first one was actually six, but I'll, I'll get to that eventually. Um, Blake, I've always known as sort of the scream guy, uh, but also when I started hanging out with you, you sort of shared a mutual love for John Carpenter's Halloween, and over the years we've watched every goddamn transfer of it. So, um, <laughs> where did that start for you, Blake? Uh, I would I would probably say uh, Steve getting me, uh, which was pretty important birthday gift i guess now that we're talking about halloween in general but he got me the halloween trilogy blockbuster set on vhs uh i think i'm probably would have been 13 12 i I don't really know because i know that they used the um the image of myers from part six on it so it had to have been obviously after 1996 when that thing came out um but uh yeah that was a, a big thing to watch those and I think those were my first horror related VHS because I was more into Star Wars and stuff like that when I was younger collecting those toys and such but um yeah that was a really big thing and uh it took me a long time uh to really get into Halloween 3 and things like that but those first two were really really nice mostly Halloween 3 was confusing to me cuz I'm like where's Michael and you know at that time I didn't dig through the internet cuz I didn't probably have a computer at that point to uh even figure out what was going on and why he wasn't in there but 
I think that's what really um, kind of started the ball rolling on all that stuff. And uh, mostly with me collecting everything I do, it was, you know, the uh, black dual, uh, you know, VHS cases that uh, had the two orange cassettes in them. Then I had the Disney mm -hmm. style uh, VHS set. Um, but uh, I think, you know, you know, Scream was really big in getting me into horror movies uh, just because it came out at that right time and, you know, 96 and, and Scream 2. And it was just kind of kind of like, OK, what else is out there? You know, and you just kind of kept going with that. And then obviously figurines and, you know, so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of Halloween 6, uh, like you mentioned, too, was one of those things where it came out to rent while we were growing up. So that was a big thing to attach to. Um, you know, not knowing, oh God, what is this? And like, Michael is, you know, like looking at this girl in this window or like, what's happening here, you know? And like, it drew you to the video store to get more things. And I don't know. I mean, it's always kind of been there and, uh, um, but yeah, that's kind of where it started, I guess. So that's it for me. I, I remember that, um, that VHS set too. I probably still have it at my mom's house or something. It had like a keychain, and some of them came with a snow globe. Um, but I found my copy at, I think it was like big lots back when they actually still sold VHS tapes. And I was pretty stoked on that. And it was like the, the black case with like the gloss black print on it. You could barely see it. It was pretty cool. Suncoast video had a lot of cool stuff too. Oh yeah. The trips to Suncoast just for mm -hmm. buying movies. What about you, Nikki? Um, how I got into Halloween? Yeah. Well, first off, I was like scared of everything when I was a child. So, um... Like, I wasn't allowed to watch Jurassic Park and, you know, things like that. Because <laughs> I, I would be, like, scared for, like, a month after watching something like that. Um, I was, I don't know, like, 13 or 14. Um, Halloween was on TV. Like, I was going through the guide. And I was just really curious, like, how scary is Halloween? <laughs> and so I switched over. I caught, like, the last half. And I was just... I don't like it wasn't gory, but it was like it was so scary. And I was like, really, I don't know. I it was fun. And then Halloween two followed right after. And I watched that. And um, yeah, I was like hooked from there. And then I like, went to Blockbuster and I rented Halloween six and watched Halloween H2O at a friend's house. And eventually I watched three, four and five. Um, I don't know how, but then eventually I owned all of them. And then then I got to into other horror movies after that. It's like, oh, these are fun, not scary. Yeah. Kind of scary, but well, more fun. <laughs> I just remember you had like more than one Halloween shirt. You had one that had like it had like the shape, like the outline, the silhouette uh -huh. of Michael on it. And it had like, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, I, I was trying to buy anything I could online. And, you know, back then, the Internet was like a lot different. And yeah, it's I like bought hot I bought topic. A, yeah, I bought a um halloween shirt online that was huge on me and <laughs> so i like never wore it anywhere but you know i just remember like hot chick wearing a halloween shirt i'm like i'm sold i'll marry her now <laughs> that's all it takes <laughs> yeah keep her uh, yeah i i think my first real experience was halloween six but it did not obviously say halloween six on the vhs it just said halloween the curse of michael meyer so i did not know it was the sixth film and yeah, looking back either. on it yeah, looking back on it, I'm like, 
how did I watch this and not think like, what is all this druid shit at the beginning? Like, what is this? Like it, it, how does my dumb brain not realize like this is a sequel? Like my mind was just like, this is a Halloween movie and we rented it. it. Yeah. Yeah. We like rented it and it was for my birthday party in middle school and we watched it. And of course, like all my friends were probably not supposed to be watching R rated movies, but my mom didn't give a shit. And, uh, then I I was really into Friday 13th. That was my franchise until, um, I, I actually finally saw the first Halloween. So I think I saw six first. And then when I realized it was part six, I went back and found the original and that sort of changed everything for me. I was like, well, Friday 13th movies are awesome because there's blood and tits and I'm cool with that. But this movie is like art. Like the, like Andy said, the music, I was like, this is, is like, it's, it's like, um, a painting versus like a, a marker or like a crayon drawing. You know, it's like this movie is in a class of its own, the original Halloween. And I remember getting like the, the soundtrack on CD and, and just, you know, obsessing over this guy. I gave like a speech about the Halloween films at, in high school and just was a super nerd over this. And then obviously like when I met Blake, he had all these collectibles and it opened my mind to the idea that like, Oh, there's other people that like this stuff, and you can just buy things based on it, and that's where everything went down downhill for my life. Like a drug. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, it's just it's crazy to think you know, 43 years later, we're on the 12th film of a franchise, um, and in our, but this is the third film in a new storyline i mean that's yeah. a whole different that's yeah, a whole different i remember trying to figure out the storyline before the internet yeah. existed i'm like wait this doesn't <laughs> yeah. make sense <laughs> yeah it's like a choose your own adventure but yeah. most but most horror franchises have gone that way now anyways they need um, a halloween like you know tree that like forks off and... and and there is there's there's someone created i saw something online because uh there are people like um that will I, i've had a few people message me since halloween kills and ask me about nikki's cousin messaged her and was like i've never seen a single halloween halloween film and i just watch halloween kills i have a lot of questions it's like <laughs> go like, back of course you do but but then it's like <laughs> i think about when i was a kid and i watched halloween six you know first like i don't know how many people but you know, not a lot of people probably watched the first halloween first um so you know it's it's weird how people like ingest movies and especially franchises, but uh, I, I have a lot to. Uh, it's I, like Tarantino's weird way of storytelling. You kind of got to, <laughs> you kind of got to patchwork the series together, like you know we did when we were kids. You know we weren't alive to see the first one or old enough. Yeah, it's. I mean, like I said, we we've done uh, Halloween. I mean, I don't need to explain it to people listening. If they're listening, they've probably seen this movie. They understand. And and I will, you know, we're gonna have spoilers on this. Obviously, we can't avoid them. The whole podcast is about this movie. Um, but I guess the next thing I want to do is go around before we get into the movie. I'm gonna ask everyone to either on Halloween Kills you either yay, which is you know I loved it, I liked it, it was great. Nay, I did not like it, or eh, which is like I I didn't love it, didn't hate it, but I I have some problems with it. But um, I want to discuss it more. So I, I guess we'll go around the room, and I'm gonna start back with Mike. Oh man, you should save me for last. Okay, I'll save you for last. We'll just and just one word because we'll we'll talk about it. But I just want like out of you know I know it's it's a hard scale, but I gave you three options. So Andy. Yay, nay, or eh? 
Okay. Um. I know you're gonna hate you're gonna hate me for this because I'm gonna modify your thing out. Because <laughs> like so I, already cheating. Yes, I know. I know. Um. I'm gonna say eh, but you know the needle's pointing pointing towards like I like it, but obviously no movie is perfect. It's got its problems, but I I want to watch it. I I do want to watch it again. You know, I mean, I'm a Halloween fan. I'm gonna own this goddamn movie, regard even if I hated it. You know, because <laughs> we as horror fans we're completists. We don't give a shit if a movie sucks in a series. We're still going to have it, you know, just, you know, to complete our library. But uh, I, I do like it, but it does have its problems. Okay, Blake. Uh, the first time I watched it, I said, yay. And then I was just, the second time I watched it, I said, nay. Oh. You know, it was a mix. The and then the third time I watched it, I was just like, eh. There's there's some positives and negatives because you start dissecting it and you don't as enjoy it as thoroughly as the anticipation was building inside of you to watch it. So you just kind of blank out the bad things the first time you watch it. So I'll still say eh, just to go with that. And and to go back to Andy real quick and just a one one word answer, Andy. No cheating on this one because it is a <laughs> it's a simple answer. Did you watch it in the theater or at home? Uh, that's no. really simple there, there's no I, way I to cheat on this I'm fucking yeah, with you, you dude I watched it at home okay Blake where did you watch it home okay I will go to Jason your scale and where did you watch it here's the thing uh, <laughs> well okay um, okay I watched We're it at home the wheel here. I know how the fuck am I, can I give one it's me I can't uh, so it started with it started as a, eh, but like everything I'm, I, I just wanted everything that I'm gonna say tonight. I just want you to know that I love this movie. And I think it's great, and I can't wait to watch it more. But man, that first time just was, a, I don't know. Yeah, it was a little eh. Okay. But I'd like it. Okay. Nikki. Not sure. It has its problems, but overall, I say yay. Okay, mm. and and I know you watched it in theaters, uh-huh. first time showing. Uh-huh. Um, I guess since Mike wants to be last, I will go. Uh-huh. I will say, yay! I watched it at theater in the theater, and then we uh, watched it again at home. So, Mike. Okay, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. I was only joking about going last. I just uh-huh. wanted to freak Jason out that whole time. Oh, it it's a big ass yay for me. <laughs> <laughs> and where did you see it? Oh, I'm sorry. At home. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to like dissect this. Like it's a, if that's a factor. It, well, it, there's a lot to dig into with this, um, <laughs> because I, I guess I'll just get into that. Why I'm asking because I've the you know we I talk about it a little bit on the show because this this podcast is about first time experiences, and we saw it in, in a packed theater opening like the, the Thursday night before its official opening, you know, almost every awesome. seat was taken. Um, I've been anticipating this for over a year. Uh, it got delayed for a year. Um, I'm sitting with a group of friends. We have our perfect seat in the f- top row center LDX theater. It's on the big screen. You know, the, the credits come on this, the opening credits with the pumpkins and the title. And I'm just like, 
this is where I'm happiest in life. Like seeing a mm-hmm. new Halloween film in a theater surrounded by people like in October, it doesn't get much better in life. So I know on my end that my opinion of it is already ramped up really high because of the experience. Um, you know, I'm like I said, I'm surrounded with other people. Um, usually things that would annoy me in a movie theater, I'm loving because people are reacting to every kill. Um, it's like Nikki sort of explained it too. It's like, we talked about it afterwards and it's like, she, there was a time you said you were like sitting in the theater and it's like, I'm watching a new Michael Myers movie yeah. where I don't know what's going to happen next. And people are freaking out every time you kill someone. Like it's fun. It's like I a was roller like coaster. really living in the moment for a second. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like happy. Yeah. <laughs> this is an odd feeling. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, we, we spent, you know, a year in isolation and, and didn't get much new in theaters. And I just, you know, it's it's I remember when Halloween 2018 came out, like but the first one I saw in theaters was H2O. Um, and I've seen I didn't see Resurrection in theaters didn't play here, but I've seen, you know, the original every year in, in theaters. Uh, we watched the first uh, Halloween and Halloween 2018 in anticipation for this to build up and then seeing it in theaters. So I, that's what I'm saying is like my big yay. I, I feel like can be influenced a lot by just the experience like and I want people to know that my going into this like. I love every Halloween film, like Resurrection, Buster Rhymes, fucking um, Halloween Five with the the slide whistle cops, all of it. I fucking love it. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it, I I will be. Uh, it's it's hard for me to hate on it. I, I mean, I love it, and and I know it's bad, and that's okay. Like Andy said, I'm gonna own it. But man, like I I really I I don't know where to even go with that because. It seems like the internet is ablaze with people who just hate this movie, and I'm like, that's the fucking internet. You, you, yeah. But I mean, I know people like I know yeah. John Stalter and uh, oh, yeah. Justin Beam. Like those guys aren't liking this, and I'm like, huh. I, I, yeah. Wow. And it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Well, but I, mean, but I, I totally thought what you did when I was watching it. I was sitting there, and I'm like, holy. This is so amazing. We're I'm watching a new Halloween movie. How freaking amazing! <laughs> a a is big that? budget Halloween movie directed oh my God, by it was yeah, awesome. yeah. It's, it to me, oh. I just the the excitement took me over. So that's what I'm sort of like. I'm trying to get some insight onto like if people watch it on Peacock, does it perceive like uh, we have a friend mm-hmm. Adam who watched it on Peacock and he was like, if he said it felt like a yeah, you know, he says I think he actually said like straight to streaming movie and I'm like, <laughs> and and people have that perception of like mm-hmm. if something goes straight to streaming, it sucks. It and there's sucks. a reason it has to go there, and I feel it's, like also, I mean, it's that's changing throughout the years. I think, I think like, it's changing a little bit. I mean, Netflix obviously and Amazon get Oscar nominated films every year, but I think somewhere in the back of people's heads of like if something's streaming it's less valuable or less good and some and i'm saying that everybody feels that way and we usually would say well, that seeing a movie in the theater usually enhances the experience mm-hmm. no matter what it is too yeah there was a I lot was of factors say, i thought more yeah i thought one of the bigger factors than that would have been having watched the 2018 one first that seemed to me like maybe play more into liking it or not liking it more than theater versus home well i mean you've got a, an issue of you know you're waiting a year for this uh or i guess longer than that i suppose but you've got that anticipation so that that might uh, either crush somebody or make somebody even happier um to view it for the first time but then you play into the fact of the trailer kind of showed a lot a little too much 
So you watch this trailer and it's supposed to get you excited. And I, I sat there and watched it and I, I enjoyed it a lot, but it got to a point where I'm like, please don't show me the entire movie. And I sat there. I'm like, they almost did. Like I sat there and watched it. And I'm like, other than the flashbacks, which, which were great. I absolutely love those flashbacks. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, in a lot of that stuff, I think they filmed most of it for the first movie. They just didn't put it in there, but uh, watching it, you know, at home too, um, I obviously didn't have time to go to the theater at all. So I did the Peacock thing, um, but every single copy that I had watched of it, uh, I don't know if anybody else got this at home, but there's uh, flaws in the digital copy. There's different things, artifacting, there's little blurs, there's weird stuff that I have not seen before in a digital format like this, where I'm like, why does this look like this? So it would take me out of that scene here or there when I would see those defects and even having a projector and having the sound around me, you know, it, I watched it with a, a buddy of mine, uh, for the first time. And we both kind of were like, well, you know, we've got some issues, but I mean, it sounded great. A uh, bass was amazing. You know, the picture was, you know, nice and everything, but, um, you know, for, for the theater aspect, I, I do feel that I wish I would have seen it in a theater first, just to have that feeling. Um, and maybe, I wouldn't be so, you know, finicky about certain stuff and just sat there and really just, you know, devoured it, enjoyed it. And then I could have went back and watched it again in a smaller setting. But there's so many factors. I mean, you know, it, it, it depends on what you're watching it on. It depends on what kind of sound you have. I mean, it depends if people have their phones out at the, at the you know, in the theater. That could take it Dicks. away right there. Someone talking. Yeah. I mean, there's so many factors to enjoying a movie these days. So, I mean, luckily... When Ted and Nikki went, they had a good time and people were just focused and had fun with it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, a roller coaster. And so, you know, that plays a huge factor in everybody just having fun with it. So, you know, just depends. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing how we absorb movies. Like I, I we watched it, like I said, opening night in theaters. It was awesome. And then we rewatched it last night so I could take some notes at home. And there's distractions. There's. You know, we can hit pause. Um, my screen's not as big where we're doing other things. And I don't know. It's like because I can do those things, I'm paying less attention. So I'm not enjoying it as much. And of course, th- every time you watch it, you know, the new wears off. There's, there's no surprises this time. But uh, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. Is there any other defects that anyone else noticed at home? I did not notice. I, there was some things that, not that I could tell. Yeah, there were some things that I was like. Huh. I thought were different um, on Peacock than the theaters, but it's because I remembered things differently. Um, well, there's there's minuscule things like when the cops were walking away from after seeing Myers in the flashback, and they all spread out, and you have a far off uh, shot of them walking and him talking about, um, you know, he knew him as a kid, and around his leg area for some reason there's like a like a blur effect that's popping up here or there, and it's just like what on earth is that? I mean, I don't know what it is, or if it's just how my mind is, you know, set on quality, but I noticed little teeny things and it's just like don't do that blake just just watch the movie you know so (laughs) i don't know maybe it's just my stuff i got so who knows yeah i don't know um it could just be that because like i said the things i i thought i was uh seeing were like uh, it just remembered them differently in my head um the scene where the flashback scene was mostly i thought uh it was mostly like one cut flashback scene and then i i realized that it it we get like multiple flashback scenes um and then the second time watching i uh, for some reason in my mind i was thinking that 
the movie started with the flashback scene where it actually starts with Cameron finding Hawkins on the ground mm-hmm. right up right after the end of the first movie picks up, you know, the same night. And then which is mm-hmm. which is a weird way to start. It's like, I, I guess we need to catch up with Hawkins so that the flashback scene means something. But it's like yeah. to, to kick off right there, I, I guess in my mind, I assumed that it was going to be Jamie Lee or um, Laurie and the, the Strodes in the back of that truck. You know, that that scene we saw in the trailers, um, I figured the movie would start there. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, and then in my mind, for some reason, it was like, oh, it starts with a flashback, but it doesn't. We need like we you get that scene and, and he goes, he needs to die and I need to be the one that kills him. Um, and then it goes into the flashback. So. I will say, like, the flashback scene was like, you know, I mean, I've heard people say this movie's all fan service. I'm a fan. Go ahead and service me. I love (laughs) it. Like, give me. But the the other part of me, I see people are like, just give me all the flashback. It's like, then just fucking watch Halloween, stupid. That (laughs) is. Well, I mean, I'm questioning a lot of the Hawkins stuff because, you know, they bring up, you know, how um, he. you know, was there that night, and it's like, okay, are he is he making comments as if we should have been seeing flashbacks this whole time? Like they obviously removed um, a lot of the flashback stuff or all of it if that was supposed to be for the first one because they filmed some of that stuff for the first movie, and it, it's starting to connect dots in my head when I listen to different things about you know how he talked in the first film. And I'm like, huh, okay, that would have rounded out his character a little better in that film. And then you have to think to yourself, if they didn't have those flashbacks in this film, what on earth would fill that time? Uh, Because, you know, a lot of it, when I watch it, and I don't know, I mean, everyone feels differently about this film, but, you know, you, you, you just had the town kind of going crazy. You know, they turned into something they didn't want to be. You know, I get that. Yeah. Lori's sitting at the hospital like she was in Halloween too. She at least tried to get out of bed and, you know, you know, need that guy and then had to go back to it. But, you know, where would the film, would the film be as good for everybody if we didn't have those flashbacks? If we just kind of, I mean, what would we be doing? Just randomly having townspeople shoot other townspeople and then, oh, crap, I shot somebody else. Sorry, I thought that was Myers. Like, they could have done that to fill in time, but it's it's weird. Like, if that didn't, if that wasn't there, you know, I feel like those flashbacks kind of anchored that film a little bit, you know, so I don't know. I I, th- I think, like I said, it is a little bit of fan service, but I also think it's interesting that they spent so much time making sure that we knew that Halloween two does not count in this and you reference it and, and you make, you know, homages to it and even show a fucking clip from Halloween two where it shows Annie's, you know, dead Mm -hmm. when, and it's like, yeah, you're showing a clip from Halloween two and that's not supposed to exist guys. Um, you spent, like I said, you worked so hard to make sure that we knew that that movie is not Canon now, but then you make a million references to it and pretty much, you know, stick Lori in, in the, Haddonfield Memorial Hospital um, for the entire movie. It's like, what's going on? And I guess in my mind, I thought when David Gordon Green took this over, that he had all three movies planned out. They were going to shoot him back to back to back. He had this big plan, sort of like, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, you know, they're going to stick together like puzzle pieces. And now it feels like they made one and they're like, well, I guess we got to make one to bridge it to to get three movies out. And it's like something doesn't happen now. And, and and now he's talking about the the third one and how he, they're they're just now rounding out the script. I'm like, you had 18 months, dude. You're supposed to already have filmed this. 
and and well, it's going to a bunch of stuff. And it's going to take a it's, it's going to take a four year jump. Um, it's going to deal with politics and and the and the pandemic. And I'm like, one, I don't want to fucking see the pandemic in movies because we see that in every goddamn we, we see that in our life. We go to the movies to escape yeah. that. We um, live it exactly. And it's like, it's just it, to me, it's like it, it seems sloppy because I, you know, I, like I said, I went into the sinking. He had this grand plan of these three films, and it, now it just sort of feels like they're making three because they knew they could make money off of three movies rather than one. But um, it's still a big yay for me. But seems weird that you want to make a bring politics into a Halloween movie. I don't know. And it's it's, they want to make it bigger than it should be. Sometimes I mean, the third one was supposed to be like the second half of the night or whatever they were going to do, where it was, you know, connecting all three in one. But I don't know. I I mean, after watching this, like it just feels very slopped together. Like a lot of stuff is there, and then there's some stuff that's just like. Where are we, what are we doing? I mean, basically, you went from, you know, the fire to your house. Well, we could have told that I, in ten minutes. I, I think the I think what they did right in terms of the characters, they finally made some of the deaths actually mean something. Because like in the first one, they like uh, Karen and her daughter, they just like completely disregarded the fact that her husband was just fucking killed. Yeah, you know I they're agree. just riding the truck, and then and they're and they're they're actually processing his death. Like the, um, what was the kid that was dressed up like the devil that tried? Um, they got impaled on the fence. Yeah. Um, yeah, they brought his Oscar mom into the whole mix of things. Oscar, I think. Oscar. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. They they made them. They made their deaths actually mean something. They weren't just lambs led to slaughter. They were just like, okay, you're kill number one. You're kill number two. No, they made they made them. You know, mean something. It gave them. You know, I mean, you, you rarely see that in horror movies. You're just like, you know, okay, you're dead next. You know, it's... Well, they, they, made... they did that, and then they brought in more characters that were just lambs for the slaughter. You know, like that first kill where the... he shows up to the house with, the, you know, using the um, the little toy plane thing. I'm like, what was the point of this? Like, he just needs a good knife okay. real quick, and then... I do want to step in on that, because... Um, uh, um, is this a slasher movie? <laughs> it is a movie I've ever watched in my entire life has characters that are just there for the slaughter and now we have a problem with it cuz and and I'm not I'm not picking on you Blake I'm just saying that's like a common thing that I hear as an excuse to hate this movie and I'm like um but you're going to sit here and defend movies like The Burning and freaking um Silent Night, Deadly Night, but uh, but you have a problem with random characters showing up just to be killed in this movie. Mm-hmm. I it, I don't get it. Well, I think the and I agree with I can see both sides, and that's that's where my brain sort of teeter totters because it's like, yeah, I love a good brutal kill scene, bloody gory. It's exciting watching him put a fluorescent mm-hmm. bulb through a lady's neck was awesome. But I also understand the other side, like there's, you know, there this is supposed to be that David Gordon Green is supposed to be going back to the roots of Halloween and and sort of taking back um, all these sequels that were meaningless, empty, uh, just dumb slashers. And he was supposed to sort of make a highbrow version of Halloween, you know, taking after John Carpenter's, which, you know, the first one, we got to know all the characters and these teenagers weren't just set up for slaughter. We got to know them and each one had a character. Yeah. Arc. Um, so I like I said, I, I love it, but I also understand the disdain for it because it's like we have that with Rob Zombie's movies. We had that, you know, everyone was set that up for slaughter point Rob Zombie's films like it was. Uh, 
I mean, I, I completely agree with everybody here with, um, you know, with viewing on everyone's going to view things differently and that's fine. It's just, you know, I mean, you're, you're connecting the dots with this next with, with, with kills and you're, you're taking people and you're showing a little bit of, Oh yeah. Like there is feelings behind this death. And then I get random people are going to die. Cause you know, that happened mm -hmm. in the first one. It's, I, I absolutely love that part because it's like that, all that pent up energy of him getting out into the Haddonfield town and being like, okay, I'm just going to randomly kill whoever I can that I get behind because he's got that pent up rage, which, I mean, this is just my, you know, how my brain's understanding it. Like, okay, he's ready to go. Well, you know, he's obviously kind of tore up a little bit, you know, after the fire and, you know, thank God they showed that uh, metal he's thing going down. For the, uh... <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you know, that was a cool thing that thankfully he just didn't hide in a corner. You know, it was Lori's gun area that he went underneath. Yeah, it and made that sense. Right. That was a big thing for me. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like, I like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of like we're making some deaths mean something and some don't. And, and I, I get that. It, it's just kind of like, I don't know, I, I guess um, make it a little bit quicker like they did in 2018s well. where he just you saw the girl close the window and get a call and he just went around and got her and he moved on and i was like all right let's do this like, i mean you, know. you can argue this is just like a filler like movie mm -hmm. in the trilogy but like there's i mean there's a lot of character development even with michael because it's showing that he's becoming stronger and unstoppable and it's building up to that last movie where it's like how like how the hell are they going to stop him? I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Did they box themselves into a corner too? Like, I mean, you know, you, yeah, we it's... went to more traditional elements for the first, for the 2018 film. We're like, he's human. Right. He's going to get hurt. And like, they even said, like they had a chance to kill him like 40 years ago when he was like, not like. Invincible. Invincible. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. and they even says like, with each kill, he becomes stronger, stronger. It's like, more, like the more you try, it's like you're you're yeah you're, you're just it's like medusa it's you cut off your head yeah it's like what it's like it's like and you know it's kind of leaving everyone stumped on how to defeat michael well it shows that there may not be the most direction you you thought they would have had more direction with the story at times and i i, I start seeing little things with that were i mean it's definitely you know there's a lot of fan service and there are some great moments in that um film i mean i for me it was really weird but i connected more with the um mental patient you know that was just yeah. like he got a, he fucking sad, it was a weird that, yeah it was mm. sad as crap it was a it was a weird storyline to throw in there um i mean you know they could have just rounded him up and taken him back and well that's whatever but you know it's weird that we connect to that more than some of the things we probably should Which, have been. Which, by the way, why do they think that he was the four foot man was Michael? Well, here, he, <laughs> he, he, there's a lot of questions here, but uh, we can get into that because um, after as a second watching, I noticed something that might lead to that, but it also might even make it worse. Okay, so. They're sitting at the talent show, which is I'll get to that scene, which I think was really like my, probably my least favorite part of the movie. Mm -hmm. But they're they're looking up at the TV. Tommy is and they're showing a news report. Right. And we they're, they're talking about the 78 murders and how these two mental patients escaped in this bus wreck. Um, but they don't know if it's related. And they show a actual like sort of mugshot of that guy and Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. But from my memory, they don't say the names on them. So maybe. 
They saw I, these pictures on the newscast. And yeah, because she goes to her car and she's like, oh, it's Michael in my car, which she just is like, she wasn't really paying attention to the dark, news. It was dark, right. She wasn't really paying attention. She just saw the two faces. Right. And it's it's kind of, I guess it's kind of a, kind of a political or like well, I message mean, there. It's like. There, there's a little political, and... yeah, but it's also crazy to think this was filmed before the January 6th insurrection, mm-hmm. because this is, if this was made after, I'd be like, oh, they're commenting on the the idea that, like, you get one person excited and, and they get a crowd going, then they'll scared do... Scared people. Scared people, together. yeah, will riot and do things that they normally wouldn't, and I'm like, holy shit, the, you know... And, and the people who aren't paying attention, they're... They they see one face and one name, or you know, two faces and a name, and they get them confused and right. But it's still pretty an innocent man. If I may interject, go ahead. Um. Okay. Tommy gets up there during the Callan show. I mean, I'm sorry. How mentally stable are you <laughs> when you start dumping your dirty laundry? You know, and about half what happened to you when you were like seven years old let's be real tom tommy definitely voted for trump and doesn't believe in getting vaccinated let's just say it out loud okay i think he's i think he's batshit but like he totally fits like what an illinois town oh yeah he's believable yeah it's believable it's like yep this guy this guy grew up in illinois he's he's he seems crazy to me he's not really he he should be in smith's grove too in in some (laughs) part of the ward (laughs) <laughs> but the way they introduce that scene i'll just go back to that that scene is the laziest way to introduce these old characters that we've grown to yeah. them. you know it's like why have you guys ever ever seen a talent show at a bar in the first place on halloween night where some guys do invent as a ventriloquist like <laughs> what is this and, and to me it was like how do we how do we introduce the audience and, and they sort of balance on like fan service versus like like Nikki's cousin who's never seen these before. How do we let people know this is Lindsay Wallace and Tommy Doyle and, mm-hmm. and um, Marion Chambers? Like, well, let's just have him literally point a, a spotlight in their faces at a bar. Like, to me, it was lazy writing. Like, it's well, information it's easy dump. Just, uh-huh. Yeah. To throw all three of them together. And I mean, I don't see Marion hanging out with those two. Right. She's, uh, she's I, a I generation ahead of them. Like, what is she doing? Yeah. It just doesn't add she up. She should be playing I mean, bridge I, with other old ladies. She should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, or still be maybe, you know, maybe she's a nurse or something at uh, the hospital. And, and, you know, she is with, you know, Brackett and Lori at the hospital, maybe that direction. But, I don't know. I, I just feel like, like, like you said, it was it was kind of an easy scene to just throw everybody together, and then Lonnie and all that. I'm like, well, okay, let's let's do that. And I mean, he was brought up in 2018s, but uh, I don't know. And I I have a lot of, uh, like I, they uh, they, they weren't throwaway characters, but a lot of the stuff was Lindsay for what she was in the movie. She did a really good job. I didn't think that actress could pull it off. I mean, after, you know, all the housewife thing or whatever she's involved in, but she did a great job for, you know, years later coming back to that character and she did it well. And then she was dropped off at the hospital and, you know, you'll maybe see her in ends, but Anthony Michael, it just, I, I felt maybe it was me. His character was a little over the top. It was just too oh, yeah. much of it. And I'm like, all right, let's tone you down a bit. Yeah, but I'm glad that you know that uh, Paul Rudd didn't come back and have to yes. portray that character that way. You see, I yes. can watch Rusty Griswold get his head caved in at the end all day long, 
if it happened to Paul Rudd, I would probably have waterworks because I love Paul Rudd, man. I I didn't give a shit if Tommy Doyle died. I didn't. I didn't care. Oh yeah, but I, was I tell happy you what, the the one thing that really the one death that really bothered me, spoiler, well actually two of them was Karen's and especially Brackets. Brackets really bothered me because like he's this tortured was, old yeah. man and because he cuz he lost Annie back in 78 and now he has you no know, the only one he can depend on from beyond the grave I guess is is essentially Lori to end this shit but I was just like you killed Bracket what the fuck Well they really wait I really <laughs> felt like they they uh sort of wasted Marion too like she's the only one oh, yeah. she's the only one besides you know uh Dr. Loomis and Laurie Strode that's been she was in the H2O timeline she was the first one they beat killed in H2O so she's been back she's in multiple storylines the only one besides uh, Jamie Lee Curtis that's been in these multiple storylines but before I forget and I haven't heard his voice in a long time Jason how excited were you when you saw Jim Cummings playing (laughs) a cop I'm like me either I was so excited I like looked over at Nikki I'm like it's Jim Cummings and so freaking excited yeah playing a cop yeah go figure typecasting yeah, I've seen him in so many things. We saw him on um, Dave on FX uh, playing like a sort of a dickhead really? boyfriend. I'm like, he just keeps popping up in things. But he was oh. in, uh, you know, if, if you guys don't know who Jim Cummings is, he's from Thunder Road and Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, just a fantastic director and actor. Um, but he plays a cop in like almost everything now. It, it made me so happy to see him in this. <laughs> but, uh, Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, but, but I guess... We'll jump right back to that. Uh, I, I sort of just want to go into the flashback scene because, you know, while it is absolutely fan service, when it starts off with the John Carpenter, like old school music, the dun, 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 and you have yeah. the, the, the actor who played Michael is a different actor that played young Michael in this scene. He mm. fucking nailed the movement so well. I mean, he had that like robotic Halloween two walk, you know, the Dick Warlock walk um, <laughs> the, and, and seeing him like walk down the street. But some of the stuff bothered me, obviously. Um, and I feel like we're just nitpicking this movie, but like when we see the young Hawkins, he's chasing after Michael, tells him to stop. He shoots at him twice, misses, and then he sort of stops and waits for the other cops. I'm like, this guy is out murdering people. Chase after him. It's your job, dude. Like I, he's waiting for backup. He's one guy without a gun. He has a knife. Yeah, he's obviously dangerous, but he's murdering teenagers, dude. Don't let him get away. He takes a breather like and waits for and then and then him. And I don't remember Jim Cummings' character's name. They're just walking down an alley chatting about, you know, oh, he, when he was a kid. And I'm like, guys, this is not the time to fucking chat. You need to be looking for this guy. Are you kidding me? It's Michael fucking Myers. What are you doing? I'm getting so bad watching it. I'm like, you guys, this isn't time to, yeah, it's just, this isn't a reunion. Like, we don't, I get they have to sort of make it seem like, you know, he was just a kid. And, but it's like, I've seen Halloween 1970. I know that. I, and they kept putting emphasis on him looking out the window like that's some kind of fucking um, black hole into another universe. Like Michael looks out the window and sees Haddonfield. And yeah. and if you look out the window, you know, everybody wants to look out the goddamn window because that's what he, <laughs> you know, he he used to do as a kid. And it's like this obsession with looking out the window and evil dies tonight. It was just like this weird obsessive mm-hmm. thing in this movie. Yeah, that's <clears throat> out the window. I'm like, I, I don't really care to bother with that even even <laughs> oh, no. even karen at the end like she gets murdered because she she gets to some kind of weird urge she sees michael as a clown i think up there mm-hmm. i i noticed that the second time i didn't see it i didn't recognize or didn't realize it in the theaters but i think there's like she see, she thinks she sees michael you know little boy michael in the window am i right i, think she, I don't know yep yeah, yeah. yeah. she's very curious it's, there's, it's an image of him 
And is it like, is that like somehow pulling her up there? I mean, then then it's like, is this now like the end of Halloween four where, you know, Daniel Harris uh, right. gets it on. Yeah, it's like what it just seemed weird because a lot of that stuff seemed forced. Right. It's well, so forced. It, it seems like David Gordon Green had this idea of like, I'm bringing it back to the roots and he's going to be human and mm-hmm. all this. And now this movie, he flips the script and he's like, he gets more powerful as you as as he gets more as he gets more kills like he's a video game character yeah. and uh and and we beat him to death at the end and then he just is like gets he gets like some nope. super scion power yeah. gets up yeah. and he's it's a fucking a ninja wind. yeah and it's just like make a, is he is he supernatural or is he not like is he this or is he that like it's like he didn't have this i i just guess i just assumed he had this all already like made up before he decided to make these movies and now it just feels like he's winging it Mm-hmm. So like my so him like turning that guy into that pin cushion on that kitchen table was that him like powering up yeah with, like each stab he gets like stronger yeah like this I was just like designer knives good yeah. god but, uh, he was just pissed he couldn't awesome, find the right though. size of knife so he's like where do I stick it yeah, yeah. He's, he's fuck this one fuck knife, this one what knife feels good what feels right That's yeah testing him out. Thing. Like yeah, uh, like yeah. when a baseball player picks up different bats and he's like, oh, this yep. one's too yep. too light. This one's too heavy. Exactly. This one's just right. But that's cool. It's like the Goldilocks Goldilocks version of uh, Michael Myers. <laughs> this this knife's too small. <laughs> Someone's been stabbing him with my knife. But I thought it was also weird in that flashback. You know, um, obviously seeing Doctor Loomis again. I thought the voice was a little wow. off, but the look was really fucking off. cool. Jesus, mm-hmm. it scared me. It was yeah. so good and awesome. And, and, and we've learned mm-hmm. since then that they used actual makeup on an actor. On, yeah, on, on, that's what impressed well, me. The guy. The whole time Brandy and I are watching that, we're like, "Oh, that's cool!" And they did a good job with the CG with the, deep with the CGI yeah. of doing the yeah by no. but repurposing a character, but. No, to find out it was a guy in makeup. I'm like, holy crap, I have even more respect for that stuff even more. Six times. I agree the voice was a bit off, but like oh, I didn't care. Cares? It was still yeah. like that's the closest thing I'm ever gonna get to so Dr. Loomis cool, again, right? then I'll take it. Well, so cool. We get yeah, we get the uh, I mean recently we've had, you know, like the Star Wars movies have been doing that and they're and they're, you know, we get a lot of the Marvel movies will do like age reversing, that kind of stuff. So I'm glad to hear that, you know, they're still using practical effects um, and, and lighting, obviously, to make this. It's crazy. I heard that it was like a, a not even like an actor. It's like a crew member that looked like him. And they're like, I bet we could add some makeup to him and make him look just like Dr. Loomis. And, and the set pictures that Ryan Turek has posted on Instagram yeah. are just yeah. insane. Like in full light, it looks like fucking Donald Pleasance. Like. What the fuck? Awesome. Um, but <laughs> I thought the he got the mannerism stuff right, but I thought the the writing on him was really weird too. Where he runs in and he's that like, was... "Did Michael kill again? Tell yeah. me, Hawkins, yeah. <laughs> did Michael kill again? Why does it matter? He's he's killed eight yeah. teenagers. What's one more? Just fucking shoot him and kill him." Yeah, after, after all well, that, I, I think it's sort of the gauntlet already thrown there, Loomis. But it's yeah, it's you know, and and then this this is where I I thought. my memory was a little off from what I saw in the theaters because I thought that whole scene was contained in one like flashback where he goes out and we I love the idea of the the pan out just like when he was a kid and Michael's standing on the sidewalk and the cops all have their guns drawn and and Loomis is coming out from the steps Um, but in my mind it went from that into him Michael getting beat up by the cops and then um, Hawkins stopping him from getting shot which Hawkins holds his guilt for this long, you know, for stopping uh, Loomis from killing Michael or shooting Michael. But I'm like, 
we just saw Loomis already shot him six times before this. You can't retcon the end of Halloween. He shot him six times. Um, he also in this movie at the end gets the fucking shit beat out of him and shot and stabbed and, and his head stomped on and beat with a bat, but mm-hmm. a two by four, some lady has a, a clothes iron. Like it's just, yeah. they she beat pressed the, his clothes. Yeah. And, and, and he still lives. So Hawk, well, Loomis wouldn't have killed him back then. You know, Loomis could have shot him in the head. There, there's no killing him. What? I mean, we literally saw him but take everything. The boogeyman. But maybe, like I he said, he was less powerful. He was in 78. less powerful then. Yeah. Because he sort of just stands there and lets the cops beat him, which is almost as as off putting as Halloween Five when he's sitting in jail with hand in handcuffs, wearing his mask. Um, it's probably like just the weirdest like out of body look at Michael Myers, where he's like getting arrested, like and. and they talked about in starting off the new like Halloween 2018 with a flashback of the first movie. And the idea was going to be that they were going to change the ending of Carpenter's movie. Uh, no. And Carpenter saw it because he's a producer and he's like, don't do that. And it's not about ego. It's you, you can't change the end of, of you have one movie. At least you have to keep at least one movie. You can't go back and start changing the one movie or people will fucking riot. And he's, they were right. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't remember if they end up filming it. The scene where um, in Lori's or not in the, in the Myers house where there's like, I, I don't know, there's there supposed to be a different scene at the uh, at Lori's house, I think, at the end of, of 2018 where Michael and yeah, Lori an outside battle. Yeah. But there's also supposed to be another supposedly another scene. Like I said, they were going to film an alternate um, flashback for 2018 and it was going to be like a different ending. And, and I'm so glad they didn't do that. But then it seems like they, they went ahead and, you know, it's just weird, like trying to mix these because no matter how much I try to forget Halloween two, and then you show me clips from Halloween two. Now I'm like, Oh yeah, Halloween two does exist, but they're not siblings. Um, and they, and they go to great lengths to remind Lori that it's like, we go back and forth. He's not after you. She's like, you know, he's coming here to the hospital. He's chasing me. And Hawkins is like, no, the cop cop took it or the, the doctor took Michael there. He's setting this up. And it's, again, sort of like. Is he is he after Lori? Like, is he not? Jordan Green. Yeah, I mean, it's like it just seems to me like he didn't have it's this not about you, Lori. Yeah. From the first one is that it's not about siblings. And then she makes it about her. Right. Through this. And well, here's. Here's my thing, like with all the stories that are coming out about the third one and how it's sounding like, you know, four years later and all this, that and the other thing, I'm starting to get nervous. I really I felt like the first two felt really continuous in the fact that it was planned out. And I'm taking all of these same things that you guys were talking about and expecting it to come together in the third film because it really felt like to me when we got to the end of this movie and we're talking about how he gets stronger as he kills and we're fi- not only are they explaining that to us but we're physically seeing it you know mm-hmm. um he is he is physically getting stronger as the movie goes on you know a lot of people maybe see it as inconsistency but i think i thought it was a part of the Building entire story payoff. thread mm-hmm. um of of these three films and uh <clears throat> um the Laurie Strode thing I felt like was kind of the same thing like is he after or is he not and we would get those final answers in the third film because 
Laurie Strode was really sidelined in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I way more like than it, I thought. Yeah, she was gonna. Yeah, be. I feel like if the trailer did any a they, disservice to anything, is putting way too much they, Laurie Strode in the trailer. They didn't have a scene together in this one. No, no, no. So she I, never sees feel, Michael. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there's a point to that, and there's sure. a plan behind that. Yo, That's how yeah. it felt like to me. So I'm hoping all this, all these stories about what's going to happen with the third film, either. Is bullshit, or um, or it's still going to work out and make sense? And well, there is a grand plan. Apparently, they filmed, and it will be on the Blu-ray, a different ending with a, a very different um, outcome for a character. And then, because of the delay, David Gordon Green decided to change things up and decided to change the arc of one of these characters. And so he changed the ending of this movie so i'm guessing it had the mm. ending of this movie originally and and we're supposedly supposed to see it on the blu-ray is probably a way to sell it to us but supposedly <laughs> there's a scene that and, and i'm guessing it has to be Lori. i mean what who else would it be in this ending and Karen, it, maybe maybe but i mean to me it's like he said it changes mm. um because he he changed his mind about how halloween ends will be so that could be Karen, too, because as we know, like, you know, if you've made it uh, all this way in and, and uh, you haven't seen it, this is on you. But, you know, she's Karen is killed at the end. And it's a bummer because, uh, you know, she was sort of the one that caught him. You know, she does that whole uh, takes off his mask and lures him. And I thought that was pretty the one. good idea. You know, very yeah. Jason goes yeah, to hell. But plan. yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a cool plan, and then you know the citizens were there with all their weapons and and whooped his ass. Um, but watching it with a with a crowd again, um, and it's just very much like the first Halloween when Laurie keeps dropping a knife. It's like like Nikki was saying in the theater, she's like, dismember him, burn the ashes, <laughs> take the fucking ashes to different parts of the world, like yep. ship the ashes off to different yeah. islands. Like when you think you've done done enough, keep going. Right. <laughs> Cry, cryogenically freeze them. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, he, he got a knife, like, in the spine. He got, you know, his head stomped on. He got, but, you know, it, evil evil doesn't shot, die tonight. I think Brackett shot him. He did, yeah. Several times. Uh, and that's the thing. I'm like, you know, looking back, and like Nikki maybe said, you know, in 78, maybe he just wasn't as powerful, but... uh yeah, it's just it just feels a little bit all over the place. And here I am, the person who said like big yay, and I'm I'm criticizing it. But <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that I'm like maybe he doesn't. Want but I I are did you changing your own mind. <laughs> no, but I I did love it. But it's like I have to you know that's what pod, podcasts aren't for me. Just saying like it was really neat. Have a good night, guys. Uh, you know we're we're gonna <laughs> nitpick it because this is this is why I have you guys all on here because you guys know objective. You guys know the franchise in and out. You know, and and you're gonna understand what I'm talking about. Uh, and a few little things, other things that bother me if we're on this uh, rant of, of things um, in the bar scene. I thought the, the thing of like love lives today, evil dies tonight. That's how that started was so sort of corny. Like, did you guys notice that there's there's like a jar for uh, like sick kids or something at that bar? Um, and Tommy puts money in it and takes the bat and it says love lives today. And he's like, love lives today. Huh, evil dies tonight. And I'm like. <laughs> Ugh, cringe but um yeah. that's where yeah. right after that scene is where we meet big john and little john which seems to be a very um 
Uh, what do I say? Um, contentious. A, a scene that's splitting audiences in half. I, I, th- these characters. Huh. Some people love them and think it's awesome, um, and others don't think humor like this belongs in a Halloween it franchise. Kind of takes you out of What's the love? the vibe. <laughs> It'd be easier it, to keep the house empty. <laughs> but in real in reality, like, and Nikki Nikki sort of said this when we were leaving the theater. It's like how it's pretty realistic that a gay couple would buy this old, like rundown haunted house and turn it into like a beautiful remodeled, like art deco place. Uh-huh. I have a feeling that Danny McBride had a hand in writing that, well, writing those characters. I-, I started looking on IMDb and like every one of these actors has been in vice principals or Eastbound and down. Like these are all just Danny and David Gordon Green's friends that are yeah. all of them. Um, and I, ca- I can't go without saying, you know, Michael McDonald, the first one to be killed by Michael Myers and Mike Myers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> congrats to him. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that was oh what, what did you guys think of Big John and Little John? Apparently, Jason, you, you loved it. I loved it. Mike's making faces over here. I think you I'm loved making it. faces at the people at the like anti-movement it. bullshit. It's like, OK, the firefighter petition didn't work. So what else can we right. like? Oh, he's, he's homophobic now. Movie. <laughs> what's that he's oh i saw some some people oh, yeah. claiming michael's home or yeah the the movie uh, is homophobic because he killed gay people it's like he well, kills everybody he kills kids and... well what would happen if like, <laughs> he killed a dog and and yeah. wasn't in the movie then would there be protests that there's no gay representation in the movie I, you know what i mean like he kills I, he kills men women children blacks whites uh yeah gay animals. straight yeah animals uh, it does. Lester, Les, poor Lester, got his uh, moment on screen finally. It's just I, I like the characters. I thought the characters made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like you know, I mean, again, if people can are going to complain about these uh, characters that get introduced just to be killed and having too much setup, I think their setup makes sense because they're in the Myers house. Right, they're right. Kind of like the. It's kind of like the the final destination for Michael at this point, and and the fact that uh, you know they've remodeled the house, you know, I I just think it really worked. I thought they were funny even during, um, <laughs> even during what sh- I mean I don't know it, it, this I'm I'm kind of torn about the scene where they're um, going through the house um, because it's funny. Is that taking away from the horror and the suspense of those moments? But, you know, so I'm kind of torn where they're, like, calling out each other. You know, hey, Big John, hey, Little John, you know, throughout the whole house. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny, but at the same time, you know, I was enjoying that. But at the same time, I felt like it was taken away from the from any suspense that we yeah, were getting spe- in that moment. Specifically but, that moment. It's kind of like... They're calling up the stairs, yeah. Like, could have picked different names, at least. <laughs> that, <and think> that <laughs> yeah, would... you just had to be, like, quirky with it. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, that's a Danny McBride thing where he's like, what if we called him, like, Big John and Little John? That'd be fucking funny, right? Yeah. Almost like the Waltons, you know. Good night, John boy. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, yeah, I didn't even recognize Michael McDonald at first until Nikki was like, you know, oh, like, you know, it's killed Michael McDonald. Like, and then the other guys from the Mick on Fox, yeah. one of our favorite shows that short-lived but uh he's hilarious yeah they're they're very and and it's just like again watching this at home like it was a little bit more uh sort of like i don't know not not as fun but watching the theater people are going nuts for these two characters laughing Mm -hmm. then watching them die and we're like shocked you know and watching them pick up that little knife from the cut truly board or whatever uh you know little john or it was it big john picks that up Uh and he's like 
he takes off his his watch and his rings and his robe. Uh, but again, that's like yeah. it's weird humor in this. But again, that sort of I mean, they, they come from a comedy background, so it's really hard for to blame yeah. them. But it, it again, there was no humor in Carpenter's Halloween. So the tone's a little weird and yeah. off putting. But then again, like it's like a roller coaster because we're laughing and the next minute. He's getting fucking stabbed in the armpit and his eyes gouged out like <laughs> fucking gnarly. Yeah, it's brutal. All all the kills in this are brutal, but yeah, the thing is, it's like I don't. Were were the characters over the top? Maybe. Um, I still liked the characters, and anytime I can watch a horror movie, and I have an emotional reaction to, again, lambs for the slaughter getting killed off by the killer, then there's there's obviously something there with that character other than just being some kind of. A comic relief because you know when the first john got it i was like oh no <laughs> i i felt you something had a connection yeah I, I made a connection with those characters so uh, th- is that a bad thing no and it's not a bad thing and it's very not unheard of to have comic relief in a horror movie oh yeah so, like, mm-hmm. why is it suddenly shocking it should yeah. be and all, almost all the i mean almost all the halloween movies even rob zombies have you know some type of humor to them but i think a lot I mean, of people at least they didn't have slide whistles exactly oh, but i i also feel like people just are we're we know these are di- supposed to be direct sequels to carpenter's movie which you know it's do you try to match the tone exactly or do you make it your own and i think they've done a good job of balancing that which i i'd not bother with the humor i liked um i forget his name julian in the first movie the little black boy he's fucking hilarious oh yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah he's great yeah yeah a lot of comedy and and that kid um at crypticon a few years ago oh, followed me awesome. I, I had to avoid him because he he was really hounding me to pay for an autograph and picture and i i lied to him and told him you know are you going to be here sunday and he's like yeah and i'm like i'll meet up with you and i'll do it i gotta get more money and so i had to avoid the poor kid all sunday <laughs> Um, <laughs> gave him the money. I knew I, I probably should have. He was really good at hustling, man. He was getting all the picture stuff, but um, it was good to see him get a little cameo in this too. He was on the news report being hilarious, but uh, you know, I just think some people have in their mind that like the the how, how John Carpenter's Halloween is so um such a a seminal piece of slasher history, and you can't like you know adding humor to that mythos is just unheard of. But you know, looking back, it's it's funny. It, I like it. It's okay with me. Um, personally, Blake, what did you think of Big John, Little John? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I think that um, the characters served a good purpose with, um, uh, like, with those trick or treaters that showed up, and the one thought they had, you know, the razor blade. In oh, the they're Apple playing the trick, it. yeah. Which uh, another, another cool. like Halloween two and three reference in the same. Yes, scene? exactly. Um, yeah. And did we? Uh, I know we didn't mention it, but before I forget, the whole uh, bringing the rope finally um, into the scene of the flashback that he stole from the hardware yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, he uses the rope to choke. Yeah, that I did not notice a couple times over. That was a big thing to throw in there. I was like, oh, more, man, more, got some good yeah, memories. more fan service. But that's uh, that's um, I'm all for it. I mean, that house was extremely way too green for a gay couple. But let's just <laughs> say that I, uh, I I just sat there and thought, you know. I I don't know. Like it, it it's fun. Um uh the characters were a bit over the top, but you know, there there are people that are over the top. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just felt like a lot of time could have been used differently for them. They I mean Michael, you know, uh 
I don't know. I, I, I got annoyed by it, but then I was already annoyed by the evil dies tonight thing. And I'm like, ah, oh, let's just throw this on top of that. So, I mean, I don't know. It's I, maybe it's just, it's, it's psyching yourself up to expect something that you're not going to get. Uh, and I do that with a lot of stuff that I view. So it's, uh, there's not too many films that I'm just like, oh, just amazing. Perfect. I can't, you know, that I, it's just, I literally seek out flaws and I can't help it. So, um, but you know, there's a lot of great things in this movie that the music is great. There's a lot of elements there, but, um, I don't know that the scene just felt like you could have just kept the house abandoned and nobody would want to buy that. But like Nikki made a point to say, you know, Hey, you know, these gay people would be like, Hey, let's do this. Like, this is cool. Like, <laughs> you know, um, and I mean, I guess I would probably <laughs> buy that house. That's crazy. You know, but I don't know. I just feel like, um, yeah, it's, you know, there's, there's moments like that where I'm like, Hey, you could have just clipped it a little bit here or there or not did the big John, little John thing. Cause I'm like, I mean, or do it one time. Don't do it while they're, you know, go, you know, Marco Polo thing when, you know, just to make sure they're okay. Like, I don't know. Like, well, they, they kick it off with that scene where we sort of meet them and they get the prank pulled on them. And then it Mm -hmm. cuts over to the whole, um, because they split into groups, it splits over to Lindsay, Marion, and uh, the black couple out looking for Michael. And that was, uh, I, I know Tommy's doing his best to go after him, but he set that group up. I mean, that is like the most incompetent group of people to send out to kill Michael Myers. Mm. Uh, those four in the vehicle. He's like, I've never shot a gun. And she's like, I don't know what. Yeah, clearly, the, the wife didn't know. Marion is probably the most capable. And, you know, she's got to be in her 70s. Uh, but I feel like if you're splitting up groups to go after Michael, you need to think about people's strengths and weaknesses. Like th- he just sent that Tommy sent that group out for slaughter, dude. Like well, they, they had no chance. One thing. And the one thing she does say, she's like, this is for Loomis. And it's like, you could have at least got a shot out. Just yeah, something. Hit him in the, sh- like, like shoot him in the a, shoulder before kind of she felt, gets slaughtered. Yeah. That kind That's of felt sad. like, oh man, that sucks. Yeah. So, it's just like I to bring know. her back to, and she's, you know, old, yeah. she survived all this time. And obviously another homage to the first where Michael jumps on top of the car and uses the, the Halloween three skull mask and a wrench again to break. She's the window. a damn good shot though. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and of course the, the scene where Michael kicks the door, hits the nurse, like the girl dresses nurse and she shoots herself in the head. Uh, that was pretty ridiculous. That's like John wick shit, but, uh, (laughs) but everybody in the theater, you know, again, in a theater setting, people were were like, Oh shit. You know? Yeah. Um, cause he really laid it on that group. The fucking knife through the eye on the husband, uh, kicks the door and she shoots herself in the face for the wife. Um, poor Marion gets fucking her hair pulled out the window, uh, you know, just gets fucked with and Lindsay gets away. And I thought that was sort of interesting that they let Lindsay like it almost showed a flaw in Michael that he did not find Lindsay like she was good mm-hmm. enough to hide. And she was, But again, she she did it in the first movie too. her and Tommy yeah. were the only ones to get away. So, uh, you know, I, I really do hope they bring her back. Like Blake said, I thought she was underutilized, but maybe that's for the bet. Like they used her enough where it's like, I feel like I want left me wanting more with her because yeah, she was, she was perfect for what she was supposed to do. I, I mean, it was fine. I, I just felt we, you know, maybe my mindset of the town going ape shit because of this, we would have seen more parts of the town of more people accidentally shooting someone they thought was Myers. And Oh God, I just killed somebody. Ted Hollister. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, and then Lori, and this is obviously going a little past that, but Lori talking about Ben Tramer, you know, it, was Ben Tramer possibly 
Karen's father? Like, R- right. did that well, possibly happen? Yeah, that's or what I was going to ask everybody because will not. They uh, uh, that sort of leads into leads into the next scene where um, Hawkins is wheeled into the hospital and he's talking with Lori and we get a lot of backstory there and that's where they go back to the flashback again where we see that you know he was the, the cops basically covered for him shooting his own partner. Um, and you know, he stopped Loomis from shooting Michael and he's blamed himself this whole time where Lori blames herself, um, for not killing him, you know, 40 years ago. Uh, and, and to me that I love that stuff. Like to me, her and Hawkins, um, going back and forth was just great. We need some of that, uh, you know, character, even though Lori, we don't really need any more development. It was great to see, like, get a little backstory in Hawkins and tie him into it. Um, I thought that was some of the stronger stuff in this movie. Uh, uh, Speaking of uh, Lori and uh, Hawkins, uh, that room, this is you can mark this down the first time that Lori actually did more damage to herself than Michael did to her because <laughs> when she jams that needle in her ass, like, God <laughs> damn, uh, it's like that was just brutal. So I was just like, shit. Well, yeah, okay. they're, they're, she's like, do you even know what's in that? Uh, she's like, it makes the pain go away or something like and puts herself in a hell of a lot of pain doing it. Yeah, and I, I felt bad for her because obviously they're trying to, you know, her daughter's trying to, Karen's trying to keep it from her that Michael's still alive because she's broken up when that happens. Um, but it's like, it, it's really like sort of tense knowing like, it's like we know a secret. Like we know Michael's alive and Lori doesn't know yet. And she's still, she's like so happy. Like her and Hawkins are happy for like two fucking minutes until she, until the, you know, they come in and, and uh, Tommy breaks in the room, which, with COVID now, that would never happen. Like no visitor. Sorry, Tommy. Um, 2018 though. Yeah. But, uh, and, you know, and sort of, that's where we sort of get that really super sad scene where, um, this mental escape, mental patients looking for help and the crowd turns on him. Um, we talked a little bit about that, but man, it is like, and he wasn't the 2018 film. He was the one that was like, I think he, did he have the umbrella? In that they showed it in the car, yeah. When yeah. He, when she pulled yeah. the umbrella, and the, the same music was playing from the original or the the, the 2018 film. In that car, he was trying to listen to his oh, jam. Figaro, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know they they did a good job of tying that in, but it's just like you guys said, and maybe I don't know. In my mind, I'm I'm trying, you know, I'm finding all the loopholes like Blake does, but um, Michael Myers, and they touch on this in the 2018 film when they when they're talking with the teenagers, it's like. You know, he killed what, like three teenagers or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. now that's like nothing. Like, yeah. you know, we have mass shootings every day. But if if somebody went on a spree like that, wearing a white mask in your small town here in Iowa, um, people would remember him. And I feel like people would n- not only, you know, obviously recognize the mask, but we there would be like stories about him because he's he's been in in instant an institution this entire time. So I feel like people would know what he looked like, his fa- actual face. Because he hasn't worn as hardcore as Tommy is with right. this whole situation. Obsessed with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he would have known that wasn't Myers, I, I, would have, I would suppose. But that whole scene with the mental patient, um, if other than playing on the fact that the town has turned into this, it really gives a great moment for Karen to show how sympathetic she is to someone she doesn't know. Right. Uh, her character is the star of this movie, hands yeah. down. She is, you know, in it so much and i mean i think that they did a really good job giving that actress you know a lot more to play around with this time around yeah she was very sympathetic and man that was like even rewatching it it's like 
heart wrenching to see him. He's so scared, and he he did a really good job. And mm-hmm. and uh, the actor himself passed away from cancer before this movie could even come out, which is yeah, I heard about that. Sucks. Even even more sad. Uh, <sighs> but you know, it's it's just such a bummer. Like, and, but I mean, that's. I think it's a good commentary on human nature. A lot of people thought, you know, this whole scene was stupid. I'm like, this scene gave me more feels than anything in this mm-hmm. movie, man. And and that kind of shit does happen. It says a lot about our society, about how we get people get scared and they and they follow a crowd. And, you know, no matter what Karen did, they were going to get after this guy. And the, the police tried stopping him and the police, you know, everybody's blaming the police for failing. And, and obviously people would get, you know, we, we yeah. saw riots Misjud- last year. Misjudging like mentally ill. I'm right. not quite sure what his exact deal was, but like, you know, definitely a different guy. And they're like, Oh, serial killer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, ob- we don't know his background like we do Michael's, but you know, he, for all we know, he's just mentally insane. The poor guy, you mm-hmm. know, he, he might not have done anything in life and certainly doesn't deserve what he got the bus wrecked he did not know what to do he left and uh he probably shouldn't have stole a car and but he went to the hospital seeking help and it turned into him jumping from a building and it was fucking gruesome when he Aww. landed holy shit oh god yeah that's oh, right yeah. and uh if you follow the the effects artists on instagram they have all kinds of crazy behind the scenes pictures of him like with his head split and stuff it looks absolutely the the if, if if you guys hate this movie, if, uh, if, if my listeners just truly hate this movie, you can at least appreciate the practical effects, like I said, with like Loomis and the gore yeah. and stuff. Uh, just fantastic stuff, and they're they're all using practical effects, which right on, you know. Uh-huh. Heck yeah! Which, way it should be done, I think. Yeah, and you can tell it just looks real. It looks better, but um, I do think that the the Halloween three nods, I get it. You don't have to push them in our face. Yeah. It, I was really excited when I caught him at first. I'm like, oh, like only fans will catch this. Like the, <laughs> they, they did that in the 2018 movie with the, the Silver Sam, Shamrock kids. Well, it, I assumed it was the same three kids. Yeah, it, it is. Every every small detail from 2018 comes back bigger in this one. Right. Like we see the nurse and doctor um, getting going to their car in the in 2018. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they, we, we get to meet them a little bit more in this movie before their demise. But um, it just it just seems like weird that we get. And I, I know they're fans, too. And they're but it's like a little too on the nose, maybe with the Halloween three masks and a little too mm-hmm. on the nose of the Halloween two references, especially when you're trying to retcon that movie and say it didn't happen. Um, but that's that's I mean, really nitpicking for me because I love those movies and, and give us. Give us something else, you know, because we already saw it in like in the first film. I mean, I don't know. Give us like like a tip of the cap some in, in a different way, like Kelly Meeker's cops do it by the book shirt. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. Something so, have, just made something to, just subtle, you know, right. Yeah, a little deeper. But, you know, they they sort of hold people's hands through this movie. Like I said, the, the scene where they introduce uh, Tommy, Marion and Lindsay, it's like and, and Lonnie is just was a little too simple for me like but again i'm talking as someone who studied and watches this movie obsessively and knows the i have to remember that this is also playing to a general audience and people like nikki's cousin who have never seen a halloween movie um you know they have to keep that in mind that not everyone watching these movies has seen every single film so Mm -hmm. a lot of people probably didn't even recognize that as a halloween three nod um you know they should god damn it (laughs) 
but uh well, i think yeah the, the the film at least i don't know if it's just me from the trailer felt bigger and atmospheric you know like the presence of the town and then when you watched it, it was very closed a little bit i felt like there was still stuff going on like yeah. with you know taking the trucks out going here but i'm like where's the town falling apart in all this are we just going to show everybody at the hospital like that's it like there, there's no reason for that many people to be at the hospital like i'm, I'm kind of confused by this because i don't think that the deaths warrant how many people are there so i mean i like i said before i'd rather have you know michael making his way back to his house and having these random things even though yeah it doesn't mean anything it's a random death we throw it away we've seen it all the time but i'd rather have that than people all in a bunch screaming you know evil dies tonight just because Lori's still at the hospital so it's like i i don't know there's plenty of different ways you can take it well yeah i'm not really a lot of script issues i feel is there a reason that they had that the hospital was so full i mean i know like i don't know th there are scenes where like you know um what's his name you meant oscar's mom that was yeah, really heartbreaking people are, people are looking for yeah. their loved ones but it's not like he killed 100 people he killed up to Did that Tommy, point like tell everybody just to come to the hospital maybe to like meet up is that what i don't know said and never showed or that's a, yeah that's a good question it's like why he, so many people <laughs> and and you know he killed the, the the older couple at the beginning i'm trying to think in my mind what about all the firefighters though the firefighters yeah, the, my, my, yeah, the re yeah. first responders here's your big slime killed the reporters yeah. and the gas station guy too it was a 11 the they said one. 11 first responders so that would probably be why so many people are at the hospital because uh, obviously they have family um, and news is probably news reporters are probably there. Um, it's still, you know, it's still, like Blake said, a little bit confusing as to why it's so packed. Uh, but it, it was really sad to see like Oscar's mom, you know, and she's like, my son, my son, you know, I can't. Is oh, it, it, when she looks through the window and sees her son. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Which that was gruesome looking too, just his dead body on, yep. the, on the gurney. But don't then... you think they should have had him covered? Right. You know, Zipped in up. A hospital. Yeah. I'm I mean, kind of busy. Yeah. Probably busy. <laughs> Probably Let's just display this cool. guy with a hole in his neck. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, a little bit. But then that sort of leads to them putting together, like, um, Lonnie is like, you know, oh, all this points to him going back to his house. Um, so they go to the Myers house, which, yeah, someone should have came to that conclusion. Someone should have been camped out. You think Tommy would just be waiting at the front door the entire fucking night mm -hmm. knowing that. But, um the idea that Lonnie was going to go there and go inside by himself, even with, even if he did go in with uh, her boyfriend and Allison, like those three, another group set up for slaughter. Like, mm -hmm. why would he go in the house? Right. Well, that was the whole point. I mean, he was drunk or getting drunk. I mean, I figured he would have been like, Hey Tommy, I'm assuming they're at the Myers house. Meet me here. We'll wait till you get here. I mean, that's never going to get done in a horror movie. I mean, they're not going to wait around for someone to show up for backup, but I mean, I, there was a lot of stuff. At one that, point, yeah. they decided that was a good idea when he, Michael got w lured into a corner. The, yeah. Where they're just like, well, he's probably at the house, so let's all go there, but let's get him out of the house. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of like... Let Karen lure him. Yeah. It, it kind of felt like it was very planned out but it couldn't have been that well thought out it's yeah just kind like of, they, it had to been like impulsive like you know the, the, there's a scene where the, the the guy jumps at the hospital and then everybody realizes that's not michael and it's like you know uh i think it's uh uh the the charles cyphers what's his name uh lee bracket lee bracket is sort of like you know he's turning us into monsters tommy and 
uh it's just sort of like they all realize like oh shit and then at that point it's like you know it, it just i'm telling them like you know we need to organize a little better but of course everybody's just panicking everybody wants to you know split up and everything but it's like yeah i mean they if they finally get it together at the end but um sending lonnie allison and her boyfriend to the myers house uh cameron is his name uh was just mm-hmm. setting up for slaughter and that scene was brutal too he uh we don't see Lonnie's death, which is sad because we, another sort of uh, old character that we don't uh, and that actor that plays him. He's in so many things as like a cool like in a lot of indie stuff. He is fantastic. The guy that played Lonnie, that actor is really Robert good. Longstreet, yeah, really good. Yeah, it seems like that scene would have been filmed with him and Michael, like instead of just having a gunshot go off and they're like, oh, oh. Like, you know, I but it also adds to the know. suspense because we, you know, the, char- yeah. the the reason they go in is because they don't they heard the gunshot. and They don't know if mm-hmm. that was a good gunshot. They killed Michael or not. But <laughs> no, good gunshot. well, I mean, it could be if you imagine, <laughs> I get what you're saying. imagine it's one gunshot. And they go in and, and Lonnie's like, I got him. I blasted his fucking head off and end of the movie. But because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, yeah, in in our minds, you know, we know, OK, one gunshot, he's fucking dead. Um, but in realistic uh, Haddonfield, Illinois, small town, they're like, oh, all it takes is one shot to end a guy's life. Uh, he must have shot Michael. Great. Let's go in and make sure. But obviously, um, Cameron and, and Allison are terrified uh, going into this house. You know, they uh, and obviously I don't blame them. I, I wouldn't even fucking go in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't care if my dad, my mom and all my family members went in. Fuck that. I was like, oh, they're definitely dead. What am I going to do about it? Right. I'm going to wait for Tommy's <laughs> dumbass to come here and ride his fucking Trump truck in the front door. Uh, well, I mean, I'm here's a good idea. Why... Move. Get the fuck out of town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just leave. Why Michael went, went downstairs in that flashback scene after the cops were there. Like, if that's his whole goal. And this whole thing is to just go home and look through a window. <laughs> just, okay. Just let him be. Oh, so, I mean, <laughs> he killed the cops. He killed the one cop. The other cop's sitting there and he's like, oh, I guess I'm not going to stay here for a little bit. I better come outside. Oh, Loomis is here. All right. I'm just going to just, you know, be done. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff. They should just let Michael go to his sister's room, look out the window and just lock the front door. And, and yeah. he'll just grow old there. He'll eventually starve. Um you know he'll he'll forget to eat or throw him a couple dogs no keep him keep him happy throw him a couple german shepherds i think the um the downfall of all these idiots that live in hanfield um is the fact that they're they're taking on michael myers um they're 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 emotional about it their downfall is is emotional because obviously Michael doesn't give a fuck about anything, right? <laughs> There's no emotional involved for, with him, and you know if nope. you're talking about like why get him out of the house, um, to to beat him up in the street. Again, I think it's like it was an emotional move. They 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 don't want to just kill him. They want to destroy him, um, for what he's done, both mentally and physically. So what are the two things that people of Haddonfield know about Michael Myers? Well, three things. Kills people. The other two being that he loves his mask and he apparently loves his house. So let's take both (laughs) of those things away from him. And, you know, we'll humiliate the shit out of him and then we'll beat the shit out of him. So um, I I think emotion was a lot of motivation behind the people of Haddonfield and it turned out to be their downfall. Well, I think it's interesting and I never really thought of it this way. But they did a good job of um, sort of flashing back and showing 
you know, I, I never really thought of Michael's mask as something as important as it was, but you go back and you see that scene in the original where Laurie gets it off and he, he freaks out uh-huh. and puts it back on. It sort of gives, yeah. gives that moment a pause where Loomis can shoot him. Um, in my mind, after seeing the original Halloween a million times, I never put, I never really saw that as like, oh, the mask is important to him. He was just sort of like doing it. But I thought they did a great job of um karen you know getting it off of him like stomping on his fucking head on the steps which was awesome and then taking it and running i was like karen's such a badass and that's what made me so mad at the end when she dies because it's like you know she's the new like like she you know the the trailers made it look like Lori was going to be the one that was badass in this movie and it turned out to be karen who who's you know spent her whole had a fucked up childhood who learned how to train and, and fight and and ruined her childhood and and has all this trauma um ends up coming back and being the one and then to die such a stupid senseless way um mm-hmm. it was yeah. very random and, like, and it didn't make sense well, to just do it i don't know the first time i saw Possibly. it i was confused because i sort of didn't uh, in my mind i was like you know they they beat up michael i was thinking they they beat him up right in front of his house but she lures him like to the next block over mm-hmm. um yeah. between houses and stuff and then you know puts the mask on the sidewalk like a, a mouse trap and the dumbass myers just goes right to it um <laughs> but in my mind i'm like you know he gets back up and he starts slashing and i'm like why why aren't why isn't karen and everybody freaking out i'm like oh because he's a block away and so he must have snuck back through and come in like a back door somehow, back door, even though the house was surrounded she by probably police. Thinking like I can go look out this window, figure that I'm like, she didn't think that there's any way he could be alive. Like, yeah, but, you know, we, they burned him. They thought they burned him alive, too. And he's been shot six times. I so. mean, in real life, you six think times. a person would die. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he yeah. was he was at the point where common she, sense would tell. you. Yeah. She, <laughs> Oh, I stabbed this guy in the spine three minutes ago. I should be okay to look out his bedroom window, but she was wrong. <laughs> I mean, do you burn down the house the and then burn on the, the mask step. and then he's done? I mean, you know, is that his power? Or... Yeah, I mean, stay tuned to next October. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I, I that sort of just leads us towards the end. Like, it, and Nikki was sad that Tommy died. I was just because I just thought about the little boy. Yeah, not like the not really the guy in the movie now like, but just... if there's ever like a it, it sort of you know you sympathize with them because it's like he's rough around the edges and he's a loud mouth and he's an idiot but he's grown up with all this trauma yeah, he his was whole like, life he was bullied because yeah he believed in the boogeyman and it's just kind of like i'm gonna you know he was right about the boogeyman and then he was gonna fuck him up and it didn't work out yeah, he, I don't know. it's like he finally gets it, like, it, it. Yeah, it seemed, you know, we had that up and down roller coaster ending where it's like he, Michael's getting his ass beat. I mean, we, we I fucking fall for it every goddamn time, uh, you know, in, in Halloween 2018, he, he he's burning. It's like, how are they going to get him out of this? Oh, he was in a gun safe. Uh, but in this, it was like, how are they going to save him in this time? Oh, he just can't die. Like, no matter what we do to him, he, he just gets right back up and turns into a fucking slice and dice ninja. Uh, Tommy goes at him with the bat. He grabs it and fucking stabs Tommy. And and God, I don't know. Yeah, I just think back of when just, you know, his childhood yeah. <laughs> that we've seen just, it would just been cool if he could have finished Michael. Yeah, or at but least made need, it. I, everyone knows that's not going to Or happen. made it to the next movie. Yeah. But yeah, now it's just basically, we got Lori and uh, 
her granddaughter left, right? He didn't kill the granddaughter. Mm-mm. Um, well, and Lindsay's not even Lindsay beat Wallace. up that badly. Right, right, but she showed that she is not a formidable foe against Michael. No. Uh, she did survive. I mean, he had his hands on her, and she survived, which is saying a lot. Um, beat his ass with a, what, like a pillow? Like a, a bag pillow. of bricks or something? Yeah. 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 Uh, case or when I was watching that too, I was sort of like, "She's taking an awful lot of time to come up with a weapon, bro." Like I- I'm running the other way. When I see Michael, I just run. I'm done. Like I thought, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, I just wanted those kids to die because they were just like the most annoying damn children uh, I've ever seen. Little shitheads. Like, oh please, Michael, just kill them. Like that's all <laughs> we need. Yeah. Good after that. <laughs> little shitheads. They sort of deserved it, but. Mm-hmm. uh no, I think um, before we get into trivia, did you guys have anything else? Any other scenes you wanted to talk about? My two cents for the people that are hating on this: go subject yourself to Halloween Resurrection again. Okay, <laughs> no one wants I to don't, do not, that. Not 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 watch. Subject yourself, um, because it's it was it's one of those. Unfortunately, Halloween got involved in that trend in the early 2000s where every producer thought to themselves, hmm, let's take an R&B superstar who can't act worth a shit and put him into this and that should sell the movie. It's like, oh, they were on Total Request Live? Hire them. (laughs) Don't you speak an ill word of Buster Rhymes, okay? And Tyra Banks. Anyways, no. I agree. Um... That has to be the low point for me. Even worse. I mean, a lot of people, I, I even like the Rob Zombie movies. A lot of Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, a lot of people hate on, and there's probably people on the show that hate I think on that, it. But I think it's gained momentum in the years. I really think it, it Yeah, has. it's sort of turning into the Halloween 3 of uh, that storyline where it has like a cult following. I, just I watched s- 2 the other day, Halloween 2 the other day, and it was rough to get through. Theatrical or, just... or director's? I decided to watch the theatrical because it's. It, I was glad I even found it, you know, because it's say, hard to even get a hold of it. I was going to say because it's, because it's shorter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the, the thing, though, in that film, though, is, you know, between um, uh, Brad Dwarf's character, Sheriff Brackett, and, you know, Daniel Harris, and it's, that was a really, they did a really good job with those characters. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. how emotional... Um, especially the extended cut of showing, you know, videos of like open, like with Her the dog or something. Childhood videos, yeah. That oh, was heart wrenching. I mean, that was beautiful. Like, so I mean, there are little nuggets, you know, that you could pull from that film that are like, wow, this is really good. Um, but you know, like I said, it's it's pretty brutal to watch. Um, but yeah, Resurrection, I just don't even process it. It's like, uh, what happened? I don't remember that movie. Let's throw it away, you know? I just want to mention that I, at the time, I was really excited to see Buster Rhymes in Halloween <laughs> because I was a fan of Buster Rhymes. And like, pretty much I was the demographic they were marketing to. Trick or treat, <laughs> motherfucker. Michael Myers is a great white shark. I'm like, give me some more. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. like two of my favorite things together wow <laughs> well i will say ll cool j is really great in h2o so they you yes. know maybe they thought you know oh we hit you know we, we somehow struck lightning once maybe twice and um that did not work out in busta's fave but it also we have to remember that um he didn't Buster rhymes probably didn't write his own lines um he was given a horrible script so you know now i'm not i'm not saying he's a great actor by any means. i mean when i watch it i didn't like it because it was like bad i mean the plot is like so okay so 
What's Michael's motive now? It's just like, get out of my house? I don't know. He's an old man. Get off my lawn. It's like, it's just like there's no point in this movie. Yeah. It's like the pop culture at the time between like, you know, live streaming and all this. It's, it's like they just regurgitated their feces onto my eyeballs. It sucked. Okay, well, before we get too much into Halloween <laughs> Resurrection, let's take a quick break and hear from the Prescribed Film Podcast Network, and then we'll get a little bit into the trivia of this movie. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, for a new movie, I was pretty surprised by how much trivia IMDb had, but I tried to shorten it so that um, we wouldn't spend another hour on it. Um, actual mm-hmm. firefighters from Cannon Air Force Base Fire Department appear in the film's opening, so Michael was actually killing real firefighters. No wonder they're pissed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting, too. They, like, square up against him, and uh, I'm like, fuck that. Like, I know you're a, you're a fucking firefighter, and he's killed some of yours, and you're, a, you're like, a first responder or were whatever they, but were they a volunteer fire i don't know man they they got their weapons ready like they're gonna take this dude on I'm like you ain't never seen the first movie have you um <laughs> 12 pumpkins are featured in the opening title sequence with the last one indicating halloween kills as the 12th installment in the halloween franchise mm. ah yeah uh jamie lee curtis reprises her role as laurie strode for a sixth time and in doing so she surpasses our friend donald pleasance who appeared in five movies with the most appearances in the series. I, he was in this one. I sort of had like a, I used to have a <laughs> chip on my shoulder against H2O because I'm like, Oh, now Jamie Lee Curtis wants to come back to the franchise that made her once she's like, her career's a little down or they offer a bunch of money. Like Donald Pleasant stuck it through the shit sequels. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I've come to realize that they both are very important, pivotal characters to these, this franchise. Well, Laurie Strode may have been in six movies, but couldn't you say Jamie Lee Curtis has been in seven? Well, she was in four. That... She's a picture of her in four. Okay, then eight, because wasn't she the voice? In Halloween um, 3? She's not. In Halloween 3? That's a rumor. She wasn't? No, it's oh, not her. Was her. No. Was she on oh, the television well, screen that. in part Edit three when they were showing? <laughs> no, they only show Michael Myers <laughs> in the clip in Halloween 3. In the clip? Edit that oh, okay. <laughs> what were you saying? Edit edit all that out. <laughs> no, I'm gonna keep that in. Let's just start over. No, that just start no over. that that is uh, that, at- that is something that I thought was true up until recently when um Tommy Lee Wallace, John Carpenter, and Jamie Lee Curtis all said that was not true. That's just been something that people thought for a long time. So you're not alone. I thought it up until just recently. Um, we talked a little bit about God, this. I have to apologize to Brandy. Damn. <laughs> um. We talked a little bit about this, but it goes a little more in detail. Dr. Loomis, played by Donald Pleasance on Halloween and four of his sequels, surprisingly wasn't brought back through special effects or VFX trickery. He was played by set constructor Tom Jones Jr. So this guy was the set constructor in his very first film role. He's never acted. He was the guy who built the sets, which is absolutely nuts. With the help of practical makeup appliances, 
um, and he bears an uncanny resemblance to Pleasance. He was then dubbed over by Colin Mahan, who previously voiced the Doctor in an audio recording during Halloween 2018. Uh, careful lighting, editing, and digitally adding grain to the footage completes the illusion that these scenes were shot in 1978. He was originally supposed to appear as Dr. Loomis in an unused opening scene for Halloween 2018 as well, which, ha- which would have retconned the ending of Halloween and would have Michael Myers kill Dr. Loomis, after which Laurie Strode shoots Michael. However, the, the makers oh, wow. ultimately chose not to go through with this and continue the original ending of Halloween. In this movie. Yeah, that, that's the one that yeah, Carpenter struck down. Right. People have been pissed. Yeah, Car- oh, and I'm glad, you know, they if actually listened to Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes sense they use the uh, interior shots of uh, that scene in uh, Laurie's home uh, with the mannequins. Right. That was, yeah. That, you remember that? Yeah. Literally, it's the same freaking room. Yeah. They just repurposed it. Yeah. Um, David Gordon Green recalled that when they attempted to find a yearbook photo of one of Michael Myers' victims from the 1978 film Bob, he came across the yearbook photo of Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> that he thought resembled the original actor, John Michael Graham. The rights issues were resolved so that Green could use Odenkirk's photo instead of the actual actor. Hmm. Odenkirk oh, is there. That's why, yeah, that's why Bob Odenkirk's in the freaking cast yeah. list. So they're, they're probably Googling Bob <laughs> Halloween high school picture or something, and Bob Odenkirk looks just like um, Bob from Halloween. So they used his photo so he gets a cameo credit because they had to get him to sign off. Uh, I think they showed PJ Soul's picture there too, didn't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I, I, she was had been saying like a year or two ago that she was involved with uh, Halloween Kills, and I'm bummed that's all she did because she had a voice credit in 2018 film. Totally. Um, yeah. To- <laughs> good, perfect response. Um, <laughs> Ross Bacon, who played the mental patient named Tavoli in Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills, passed away before the release of this movie. So, um, mm. rest in peace, Ross Bacon. Uh, in the first scene in the bar, the scene begins with three ladies doing karaoke at the open mic. The song they are singing is She Doesn't Want You Anymore, which was a song recorded in 1985 by the Coupe de Villes. The band has a song in the original 1978 Halloween and consists of John Carpenter, Nick Castle, and production designer uh, Tommy Lee Wallace. So, fun little an- another little nod in the uh, karaoke scene is that they're singing a Coupe de Villes song. Sort of, huh. sort of cool. I'll be darned. Um, this is the only Halloween film featuring the character of Laurie Strode in which she shares no scenes with Michael Myers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When Michael traps Marion and the others in the car, he breaks the passenger side window the same way he broke it when he attacked Marion in the 1978 film. If you look closely, you'll, you'll also notice that the performer playing Michael had a wrench strapped to his hand to break the glass. Um, this was the same poor man's process they used to achieve the window shatter in the original. So another nod to the first movie. Yeah, which I never knew that until I saw um, the movie, the new movies that made us. Movies that made yeah, us. Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, and it's fun that they, yeah, they just decided to just give him a wrench this time as a fun little nod. That's um, awesome. When Michael exits his childhood home at the end of the prologue and is surrounded by police, the filmmakers replicate the high angle crane shot from the prologue of the original '78 film, which I mentioned. But I just, I love that. That's that's oh, probably that's yeah, my favorite part of the. The prologue is just it's so cool. Like, what a good idea to have it sort of pan out. And I almost sort of wish they would have done like a first person scene like they did with with the kid, Michael, but maybe too much on the nose. Um, 
Although every previous sequel has retconned out of existence by Halloween, this movie still features a scene from Halloween 2 of Bracket viewing Annie's body, making that particular event canon. Um, Nancy Stevens appears as Marion Chambers in the original Halloween, as well as Halloween 2, Halloween H2O, and now Halloween Kills. So she's right up there with, uh, with Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, Due to the multiple timelines in the Halloween series, Nurse Marion serves the distinction of being the only character to be killed twice by Michael Myers up to this point. So she, she could possibly be killed again, and I'm guessing Laurie will be killed again. Mm-hmm. And then, what, last but not least, we mentioned it earlier, but it's, it's worth re-mentioning. Michael McDonald is the only person to have been killed by Michael Myers and Mike Myers. Um, in Austin Powers' International Man of My Mystery, he plays Dr. Evil's henchman that slowly gets flattened by a steamroller. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> uh, so, yes, Halloween Kills. Um, yeah, any, any final thoughts on this one from you guys? I loved it. I loved it. loved it. I'm going to um, put it out there and I'm going to leave it at this. I liked it better in 2018. So there, there you go. Mm. Ah. I'm a sucker for the fan service. I don't, I, I don't understand why there's hate for that kind of stuff. I, um, I live off that stuff all day long. It's just awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, the homages to the other films, whether it be, you know, the, you know, like the crane shot or, or callbacks to the other films. You know, like I love how um, uh, Little John was killed in the sister's bedroom, and there's the vanity in the corner yeah. of the room. You know, just those and, and details. He, I just freaking love it. I don't care if it's fans. And he, he's, he really got back to, like, playing with the bodies. Like, he set them up like they were in that picture. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. picture on their dresser of them. Like, I think it was Big or Little John Lane yeah. and Big John's lap. And then he sets the bodies up like that. And he's obviously hangs Marion from the, the swing set and puts the others on the merry-go-round. Like he really has fun with these corpses when he's done. <laughs> I love all the callbacks to even the 2018 film. You know, the, 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 the older couple that was killed in the beginning, the, the woman with the, um, with the, was it the one with the drone? Is that what you're talking about? With the drone. Yeah. The drone, you know, she, uh, she was working in the cemetery in the 2018 movie. Oh, just I didn't like put all two these... and two together on that one. Yeah, just all these little characters from the 2018 movie, you know, get called back to this movie. And I love it because why not? Right. It's the same night. So just those, de- those details, I just loved it. I-, I thought it was a lot of fun. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry I'm not looking for, you know, when I'm watching a horror movie, a Halloween movie, I'm not looking for some masterful piece of art like the first one. I'm out for a good time. And this movie delivered. So everybody just shut up and have a good time i'll say i I'm probably exactly. probably a um maybe i'm struggling to say the word but it's i i honestly thought like the the couple that were dressed as the nurse and the doctor i thought they were going to be julian's parents and probably bad of me just mm. because it's like oh they're black so their kids black but yeah. in the last one yeah. you, you kind of think they might be well and in the fr- 2018 movie they're leaving um their house in a hurry and he's like i forgot my stethoscope which he forgets it again at the bar in the second one yeah which i love that detail. another throwback but um yeah. but i just it, because they're on the same block um and he's being babysat because his parents are out and he's black sorry i thought you know <laughs> what are the chances two black families in a neighborhood in Haddonfield probably not very likely but it happened um but they are pretty young so maybe not 
you know, Julian's parents. But I just wanted to say, I assumed like when I saw the trailer, I recognized the nurse and doctor costumes. And I was like, oh, that's probably going to I remember them like they got a brief little scene. The first time we see Michael mm-hmm. in 2018 movie, like walking the streets of Haddonfield. Um, and you might have thought back, like, oh, that he, they were leaving their kid at home right. with the babysitter. And that's why they showed that yeah. scene. I, yeah. I thought, those, I'll, I'll be honest, I thought those two actors were probably, like, some of the worst actors in the movie. Like, I, the, the husband, the, doc, the one that played the doctor, he just, his acting the second time around, I was sort of like, ugh. But uh, hmm. I think they're all, those two were also from one of Danny McBride's projects. But it seems like everybody... Every every single person yeah. somehow involved, and and that's you know Carpenter used the same actors and all of his shit, so I can't really fault him. Um, but Tarantino, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean Rob Zombie, everybody has their things, you know. I mean, it's just uh, just one of those things. But uh, anybody else, what did you think? Uh, any final thoughts before we we close out tonight? I'm kind of with Mike. Don't overthink it. Just have a good time. Don't, you know, you're not, uh, I mean, somebody might, but I don't think you're going to be writing a turn paper on this. Just, <laughs> it's, a, it's a slasher movie. Just watch it, man. Just have a good time. Well, I mean, I mean, we've talked we're, about we're, it for two hours, so I mean, what are we? Yeah, doing? we're, we're, we're doing it now because, well, because mainly because we have to, because we're, we're fucking, we're fucking it, nerds, but exactly. And we'll we'll forever be that way. Even if we dis, like I said before, like at the start of this program, even if we dislike this movie, we're still gonna buy it. We're still gonna buy it in probably multiple formats because we're spazzes and we just we love this franchise. But just have a good time. I've been think trying to think of how I can say my things without and keeping it short. But uh, I mean, uh, I think the. So the fan service, that's the part that uh, made me not like the movie as much. Like, maybe we can uh, agree to different levels or types. Like, when it's an influence in, like, a shot, or the way a, a, a camera's framing a shot or a, a prop or something, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. It's an influence. It's, it's a, I don't, but, like, the, but, br- uh characters i i i like bringing back all these characters from the original movies and and all this stuff like like there was a moment i'm watching the movie there was so much fan service there was so much referencing old stuff like i i'm honest i hate i mean this i don't mean this hot takey but like i thought i was watching a rob zombie movie like i i'm watching it and i'm like i thought I was watching Rob Zombie. A Rob, I thought Rob Zombie did Rob Zombie direct this, and I'm like, well, how is this? Uh, who's David Gordon Green, and how is his influence on this movie? This felt like a Rob Zombie. There was so much, and and that led to my biggest problem was the Tommy Doyle stuff. I, I, him and getting all riled up and his character, and I just that, that was the I had the hardest time with that. His that storyline of his and it. I don't know. Just evil dies tonight. Tonight. But yes. But also, like Andy said, in spite of all that, man, saw a new Halloween movie. It was freaking mm-hmm. awesome. So sorry. Uh, yeah. No. It was, no. It was distracting to me. All the fan service. Like, what is that? Like, it seemed to get in the way of telling a new story. You're busy trying to fit all these old things in. Let's, you know, like that's. 
And so it got so distracting and so like busy between that and the Tommy Doyle stuff. It felt so busy, like so much is trying to go on all at once that like, I'm just like, what? It's just, what's happening? And like, then the, so that, that was my heart. That was the part I had the hardest trouble with, I guess. I heard like, um, Alec, Malik Akkad was sort of saying that they considered bringing back, um, Paul Rudd, but obviously, you know, he's not (laughs) like, he's a little too busy. Um, but I think that would have been even worse. Like that's the storyline's already fucking confusing and bringing back a character that from, you know, like, like when they brought Daniel Harris back into Rob Zombie movies, I love Daniel Harris, but that was weird. Like I didn't want to see the little girl from Halloween four, like murdered naked. Like that's weird. No, no. And I was excited that Tommy Doyle showed up. I'm like, cool. They're referencing an old thing. But then I think it was the literal casting of Anthony Michael Hall that ruined it for me. Cause I'm cause it was distracting. I'm like, he was just, I didn't like his performance at all. It was, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, whether it was him or it was the lines he was given or lack of, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, bl- I blame the dialogue. I yeah. thought his performance for what he had to work with was, was, was pretty good. I blame the dialogue. Cause yeah, if I hear evil dice tonight, one more time. Oh, no. But then to end with good stuff, holy shit, the fucking kills were gory and fucking awesome. And I really, really loved the music a lot. Yeah, the I mean, if incredible. there's nothing else, we get a new Carpenter's, Carpenter score out of this. Like, I loved it. You know, bring back old characters. Bring back John Carpenter and do the score. What a great idea. And yeah. that has paid off in dividends for them. Like, you, oh, yeah. you know, just and the, the great thing. And maybe this is sort of um, something like you're saying, Jason. Carpenter, they brought him back, and guess what? He's not doing the same score again. He's doing something completely different. Like you have your familiarities. He's bringing back old classics, but um, him and his his group are just doing brand new things that are not we've never heard. And and I was a little worried about this one because I'm like, he already did a great job in Halloween 2018 of mixing old with new. How's he gonna? How how's he not gonna repeat himself? And they did it again. Is really fantastic. I I think maybe the strongest point of this movie, you know, um, mm-hmm. and and I just love it. and I, I also just read a, a Carpenter interview where he said they are scoring a new movie that's not a Halloween movie, and I'm like, fuck oh, awesome. yes, good for them. Very cool. Oh, sweet. I'll always remember Carpenter back. We saw him at when I met him at Wizard World. Like Blake was there, Nikki was there um, in Chicago years ago. Uh, we we attended a panel, and someone asked him. Um, you know, what do you think about all these new horror movies and these new composers, like basically um, using you as an influence on their scores? Like everybody's back to synth stuff like you, yeah. you did. Um, and he's like, well, you know, I did it because of budgetary reasons. Like I scored Halloween because I couldn't afford to pay somebody. Um, okay. But uh, he's like, you know what would be really great? Like instead of emulating John Carpenter, how about you call John Carpenter and he will write a new score for your movie. Like he was like, I'm available and I like money. Like you can just pay John Carpenter and he'll record one. He's like, I'm available. Just hit me up. I love making music. Um, and so to, he's found this second career um, in doing this. And it's like, clearly he's much happier just doing the scores and, and, and consulting on the script and stuff. Um, and I hope, you know, he's, he's making boatloads of money off of these. Cause this made like a shit ton of money the opening weekend. Um, despite it being on Peacock, which I think is interesting experiment too, because I, if you, I think if this would have been on like 
in theaters and on HBO Max, it would not have done as well. But I feel like Peacock is almost like limiting the viewers at home because a lot of people are like, I'm not paying for another streaming service and I don't know what Peacock is. So I'm just going to and it's and it's in October. It's something that you ha- sort of have to see this right now because it's, you know, a thing. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. That's a whole different discussion, though. I was I was trying to, you know, hit the landing and I'm getting off topic. But Blake, did you have any final thoughts? Well, I, I mean, I uh, the first time I watched it, I just, you know, kind of experienced it, uh, enjoyed it. Like I just had fun with it and stuff like that. And then. I kind of saved, uh, you, you don't think of the critiquing when you're watching it as much. You're just kind of watching it and you're having fun with it. Um, I think, you know, for a sequel, it serves um, the purpose it needed to do. I mean, there are some things about it where I feel like the story didn't get pushed far enough for a sequel. But then again, given what the script was and everything, I mean, it did what it did. Uh, you know, it definitely Karen's character evolved a lot. Unfortunately, we can't go any further with that character. It's done, but we'll see, you know, what happens because of that character going out last minute. Um, and it, it's probably a very smart idea, given what's going on in this film, to take place four years later um, and to see where the characters are at and how the bond of Lori and her, do- and her granddaughter have really, you know, or they, you know, I don't know. You never know what's going to happen with those characters. But, I mean, you know, it's 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 supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be enjoyable. And you just kind of sit back and you're happy just to even have a Halloween. I mean, that's, at the end of the day, that's, I think, where we're at, where we get to actually go see a Halloween movie. Okay? So even at that, that's amazing. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of these movies, the Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, they tried remakes. They... I didn't hate the remakes of those. I thought they were great in their own aspects, but you know, because of legal reasons or, you know, the right Freddie not being there or whatever the issues people had, those things kind of died off, you know, for the last several years. So Halloween has had this really nice refresh and uh, you know, you've got classic characters and new characters and the fact that we get to even have this is, is phenomenal. So, I mean, I, you know, I, among other people, um, you know, may not, like every part of it, uh, may be looking into it too much. Um, but I do still respect the fact that, you know, uh, we got to have this sort of thing and we get to talk about this sort of thing. So, you know, if we're going to leave things in a good way of looking at everything, that would be a good wrap up of just, you know, we're, we're just happy to see Michael on the screen again, you know, and go from there. All right. Nikki, did you have any final thoughts? Um, next movie. It's yep. a cameo with Buster Rhymes. <laughs> he's the one that kills Michael. <laughs> cool yeah, he, he pops in the end and, and kills Michael. It's like what? Um, no, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I can't imagine how they will end it. Yeah, this time I'm really excited what they they're gonna. It. Yeah. The the crazy yeah, thing if is, they end it. he said they're they're really good shape on the script and they're supposed to begin production at the beginning, like right after Christmas. And have it out in time for next Halloween. I don't know about that. Um, because they were originally supposed to film them all three in a row. And obviously that didn't happen. Um, they probably wish they would have now that fucking COVID hit. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm his hands going to twitch right at the end. Come on. <laughs> well, it, uh, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis has been out doing press. And she said this the Halloween ends is really going to piss a lot of people off. So I'm guessing she dies and ha- Michael lives because they cannot let this franchise fucking 
I, die I'm off. also curious, like, since we kind of know now that Michael's motivation isn't Laurie, like, is she going to be the one to f- finish him? Like, who, who's going to be the hero right. of this next yeah, one? Because Haw- Hawkins is still alive, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's like, who's going to be the hero? Like, who's the main oh, character in this movie know. now? And, and I forgot to sort of mention this. I won't start, I won't go too long, but Blake mentioned it earlier, uh, talking when when hawkins and laurie are talking about ben tramer like he he could still be alive because if halloween 2 didn't happen Mm -hmm. he didn't get smushed between Mm -hmm. the the van and the police car so um he could possibly be the one of the they they mentioned several ex-husbands of laurie's when the podcasters like go to her house Mm -hmm. so i'm guessing ben tramer was one of at least oh my goodness so we're gonna have ben tramer come back next movie guys And they'll fall back in love. Well, I I think with um, (laughs) them doing the Exorcist movies coming up, if they're going to do more than one, I mean, I don't think we'll get a Halloween film for another, you know, I don't know. No, he, I mean, I would assume they're they're gonna take a break for several years. No, he, after he he's supposed last to. One. He said that the pre production's already going on. They start production in January. Oh, I meant like for a movie after ends. Oh yeah, I think that it will yeah. have a break a bit. There's going to be a huge break. But you know yeah. the Akkad, like Malik Akkad can't go too long without milking some, you know, milking well, that, milking after that seeing tea. flashbacks and everything. I mean, my God, if if they could somehow with scripting and stuff, like do something where it's a flashback. I don't know how they oh, would don't do it don't give them that idea. We're going to get like a, a TV series or something. I don't know, right? If Jim Cummins comes uh, Michael back, in the uh, sanitarium sitting around. Yeah. <laughs> eating fruit cups. <laughs> Andy, did you have any final thoughts? I think you're the last one I haven't asked. I I, I basically said just have fun. I think I, I, you know, don't reinvent the wheel on it. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like I said, we're we're going to end up buying it uh, just as fans. But I mean, if the casual watcher is listening to this, uh, just. Don't try to read so much into it. Just it's it's a horror movie. You know? It's I recommend it's, watching it's 2018 not... too before. Just yeah, that helps. Things. That that helps too, but uh it's it's not I mean, it's not my favorite Halloween and it's definitely not my least favorite Halloween. Right. That's for sure. Yeah, I I did a letterbox ranking of mine the other night. Um oh, and uh can you guys guess which my first my favorite one is? Number one, six, Booby Halloween, bitches. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, Thank you guys all for coming on. Um, If if you're somehow listening to this and you don't know where most of these clowns are from, um, (laughs) jump on whatever device you listen to podcasts. Look up Attack of the Killer podcast. You'll find most of us on there every other week, unless you're really cool and you get to listen to us every week. Um, but, uh, as always, you know, I, I, I'm, thank you guys for your time, uh, coming on and talking mm-hmm. two hours about a new movie is unheard of because, uh, but we can only do it with a franchise film like this. So, um, again, thanks so much everyone for joining, uh, this episode on Halloween us. kills. Yeah. I, I know well, it's our last minute throw it together, but I could not go without talking about this. And so I had to have all my friends who love the franchise on. So, um, I won't hold you guys any later. Again, thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. 
A special thank you goes out to my friend Scott Schreiner for our intro and outro music. We'll see you next week on First Time Podcast. <laughs>